0: Fallout, a news podcast for geeks by geeks, where our hosts talk news headlines, comics, tech, and have in-depth discussions on all things geek. Keep calm and venture into the
1: wasteland. Well, hello, fellow podcast listener, and welcome to Geek Fallout Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I'm your hostess with the mostess. My name is Chris Lockhart. Uh, Joining me, I got two of my co-hosts in crime. First up, we have Ragnar. How's it going, Ragnar? Well,
2: it's uh, going quite well, and hello out there, everyone.
1: And last but not least, we have Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kevin?
3: Uh, It's going well so far. So far, while we record, I can keep my windows open. However, at the time of recording, we are close to 4th of July in the States. So everyone's firing off every frickin' firework they can find, no matter the time of day. (laughs) Yeah, um... Like a test run? Yeah. Like, I have seen empty mortars in the road the next morning. Huh. Weird.
0: Yeah, I... There'll
3: be
1: I imagine there'll be fireworks on Friday up here in Canada, because that is our Canada day, July 1st. Yeah,
3: but nobody sets them off, like, today. No, no, no. They In in certain states, and New York just changed within the last couple of years, you can now buy fireworks for a limited amount of time, about a month or two. So there's all these, like, pop-up firework stores everywhere, oh. and people just set it off for the whole month. But come July 5th, that's it. You can't buy them again until next year. Hmm. I see. So people are... Yeah, so people are enjoying them now while they can. Well, they're they're enjoying it. I just get woken up or hear all the dogs start freaking out when they go off. Cool.
1: Yeah, yeah th- it's a good time. Yeah, <laughs> le- there'll definitely be some fireworks here for sure this weekend. Um All right. Well before we get into uh, the meat and potatoes of tonight's episode, uh, I just got this email uh Today, four fifty two, and this is from Apple Podcasts. So this is one of our uh, podcast uh, uh, distributors, uh, Apple Podcasts. This is where this is where I listen to my podcasts. I, I listen to podcasts through through Apple Podcasts. Anyway, we got a, an email from Apple that says uh, the Pop Culture Pub Podcast Network has good has had a good performance in the podcast rankings in the last thirty days um so uh some of our uh our uh positions are we're in uh, we're ranked uh number twenty nine in the category of film reviews in whoa, the,
0: whoa. in the
1: country in, in the country of omen um whoa. uh yeah oh. i i i didn't realize uh there's a country called omen uh in the middle east <laughs> Omen, officially the... <laughs>
2: like our fun.
1: Yeah, it's it's a country yeah, in in Western Asia. It's situated on the southeastern coast of the Arabian Peninsula. Um, so, wow. thank you for uh, all our listeners in Omen. I uh, appreciate uh, you guys tuning in. And we ranked number 36 in the category of film reviews in Costa Rica. Oh, cool. Um and we uh we hit the one hundred and fiftieth position in the category of film reviews in the country of Thailand. Huh. And we hit position one hundred and eighty-nine in the category of TV and film reviews, once again in the country of Omen. Um so I, I just wanna I wanna thank all our podcast listeners for for tuning into us. And thank you to our listeners uh, in Omen, Costa Rica, Th- and Thailand because uh, apparently we're ranking. It's first first time in my uh, podcasting career I got an email from Apple telling me that uh, we're ranking. So uh, that's wicked. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you, everybody. Um. So anyway. Uh, it was, I guess it would be a couple weeks ago, I was going to meet up with Ragnar, but unfortunately we didn't, uh, our, our paths didn't cross. Um, but Ragnar, how was your uh, weekend up at the North Country Fair?
2: Oh, man, it was awesome. Yep. Except for the weather, which, mm. you know, I've done that show for many years. Yep. So North North Country Fair is like a, sort of like a hippie music festival. So... yep they have folk music, but they have, they also, there was blues and there was an electronic music later at night. And there was this band. I don't even know what genre they were, but they had a fiddle player and he, he had like electrified the fiddle. So it sounded kind of in between a fiddle and a guitar.
0: and,
2: And it was incredible. Like it, I don't even know who they were, but it sounded so good. Um, and, uh, You know, there's a vendors area, which is where I am, and and I set up my vendor tent, and then I camp behind it with all the other vendors, so it's kind of like a little campground within a campground. Yep. Um, So it's it's a lot of fun. Um, This thing has been running since, like, the 70s, with the exception of the pandemic years, and there's a lot of people that have been coming to it for decades, so there's a real sense of, you know, community there. Um, but unfortunately the weather is often, uh, wet. Yeah. It rained a lot and, and it would be like, it would rain for eight hours and then the sun would come out and warm everything up and dry everything out for eight hours and then it would rain again. And it pretty much just did that the whole weekend. So there were times when it was beautiful and amazing, and there were times when you're like, "Well, I don't know what's going on. We're huddled down in the tent." So
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's good that you that you had a good time. Um, and yeah, I, I honestly I didn't realize my friend Jeff, like our mutual uh, friend, yeah. Um, I didn't realize he was going this year. Otherwise, I might have, uh, might have actually part part partaken. Yeah, when, he,
2: when he walked up to the tent, I thought, "Oh man, just <laughs> in here, he would have had a ball." Yep. So, yeah yeah uh, it's something
1: to think about for next year man oh yeah i I, I think I will because it, it it usually falls on my weekend off anyway so it kind of works out for me I don't have to use holidays Price. uh but uh yeah this year I just didn't didn't plan for it but I think next year I will um but it's one of those uh festivals that like i I've, I've known about uh, and I've had friends go like um for years, but I just I've never went. Uh, um, but yeah, I think I'm gonna definitely go next year. Now that I know that you go and and Jeff will be there, so. But excellent, uh, and Kevin, what's what's new in your neck of the woods?
3: Uh, it's gonna be a sad weekend coming up here. Um, my local indie wrestling promotion got sold. Oh, oh no. So. Yep, so they were having shows every every month, and I would take my kid to it, and we got to be like friends and close with a lot of the people there, and it's just, uh, he sold it, and he's going to concentrate on another, the new owner's concentrating on another area of the state. Oh. Um, and my kid does not want to drive three hours one way to see a wrestling show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't blame him. Uh, you know, us driving 15 minutes is a little different. Yeah, that's so too. That's got, too bad. Um, yeah, so this weekend's the send off one, and then it turned out a, right, i say a rival company is actually running a show local in August. So I'm like, all right, let's let's see who you guys are. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll try that. But it it, it became a big thing,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and I got both of you guys on on Facebook by yep. you know sharing my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram. Yeah, like it became a big thing for us to do it every month. So yep. I, I want to continue it. Yeah, your
1: your boy definitely That's seemed my, to be enjoying himself there. So, definitely good good uh, father son
3: time. The fact that he's got more involved in a wrestling match than I have in all my years, uh, and I I posted a video of him chopping one of the bad guys yeah. at a recent show. Yeah, <laughs> loving every second of it. We actually um we we talked to the guy after and uh, the. The heel, the bad guy, there mm-hmm. that my son hit, uh, has a kid about my son's age, so he's kind of been like drawn to my son to, you know, ham it up and everything, goof around. Yep. Um, So we, he and I talked to Wild the last show, and turns out he's a trainer too, and I, I heard him in the background. is very interesting. I was watching two young guys wrestle; they're both within their first year of wrestling. Yeah. And I could hear someone in the background, you know, behind me going. Okay, that was a good move. Oh, we gotta work on that. All right, that was all right. They're paying attention. That was nice. I'm like, who the hell is doing this? I turn around and it was that guy. It turns out he was training them. So in a way, those are like his kids as well. (laughs) Wow. And I I could see it. It was it was almost like seeing like um, I mean like you've seen you know football coaches, baseball coaches, soccer, whatever. You know, really get in there with. You know, uh, students or or you know, little league or whatever. Yeah. Um. But I've never seen it for wrestling for this level. And once they were done with their match, he went back. He talked with them about it, and he brought them back out, and they sat like in the back of the crowd. So you know, people weren't noticing. Hey, some of the wrestlers are sitting behind us. Yeah. And I, he happened to be across from me at that point and I could see him pointing things out, like, watch how their feet move. Okay, watch what he does here, All right, Watch how he interacts with the crowd to get more, you know, heat, more energy coming in. Yep. Really fascinating to see, like, the psychology and the science broken down like that. I just wanted to, like, sit there and listen to him the whole time. So, I'm trying to explain some of that stuff to my kid. I'm not, I'm not bringing him in, like, oh, it's real or anything like that. You know, I'm, I, 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 from the beginning, he knows it's a performance. Yeah. It's to be entertaining. You know, we can talk to these guys after, but they do get hurt. Like, bad stuff can happen, but they're putting on a show for us, and we're part of the show, too, so let's cheer and boo and have a good time. Yeah. And he knows that from the start. You know, he's not going to grow up wondering, you know, like, freaking out because he thinks Hulk Hogan got hurt, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. If only you could could him to go to the comic yeah, if only I could get him to go to the comic store with me too.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool that you guys have that uh, you know that that mutual interest. Um, yeah, me and me and my my son was always into vehicles and stuff, so I I think our closest interest is the fact that he he also collects Hot Wheels and I collect Hot Wheel Mustangs and Hot Wheel Batmobiles, but he he's uh, he collects a bunch of different Hot Wheels, but that that's kind of our our thing. Um, but, yeah, no, that's really cool, that's cool. That, that, that you get to, you know, spend that time with your son. And, and yeah, that sucks that your local promotion is uh, moving on or, or, you know, you know, taking over or whatever. But, yeah, yeah, I know that there was a local promotion that used to come through our town, like, I want to say, like, 20, 15, 20 years ago. And I really regret not going. You know, like, I, I would see the, the ads around town and... and um, but it always seemed like I was busy, like every time they would show up, like I always had something going on that night. Um, and now I never, no- I never see them anymore. So, you know, kind of a shame.
0: I
3: Yeah. And, and I, for anyone listening or, you know, if you guys, you know, come across it or I, I've seen even, uh, sometimes at conventions, a local independent group will run a show, you know, around a convention just because they know it's a good crossover audience. Yep. The only time I have ever in my life left a wrestling show early because I was disappointed by it was actually a WWE show. Really? I've never yep, I've never left an independent show early in Uh my life. I've always had fun, always been entertained. There's a WWE show that we were so (laughs) just it was the house show, it wasn't you know, T V or anything. Yeah. But there was a group of us and there was a UFC show that night too. But we were trying to do both. Yeah, the WWE one was so boring. We they said it's intermission, and we're like, oh my god, it's only intermission. It feels like we've been here four hours. Let's go. Yeah, it was just like rest holds and you know headlocks and just boring for it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've been to one WWE host Show, and that was nineteen years ago. Um, and the reason why why I bought tickets to begin with is because that's when Rowdy Roddy Piper came back. But then he, like, mm-hmm. got fired like a couple weeks before he was supposed to show up. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so, you know, kudos to them. That I mean, they brought Vince McMahon in for it, which was kind of cool. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know. Do you remember that, uh, I can't remember his name, that, that kid wrestler who only had, like, one leg? Um, Zach
3: Dallin.
1: Yes, th- that's when he was kind of coming up, and and uh, yeah. he ended up fighting Mr. McMahon, I think, or something. And then Kurt Angle. Uh, that's when I think he lost, or it, so when him and Brock Lesnar were, uh, um, were you know like the two top guys, and so they were there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Like I I, I remember uh, at. Before the show, going to a gas station, and I remember seeing that Zach, Zach Gallen, Um he was in line uh, ahead of us at the gas station, and then uh, right behind him was this big dude, who I didn't realize until he turned to leave. It was Rhino. Um, oh, yeah. So that was that was pretty cool, and and like the buddy I went with, he was completely oblivious because it's like I didn't want to like draw attention to them. I didn't want to, you know. Be like, oh my god, you know. So, I'm like nudging my buddy. It's like, you know, guess who that is? He's like, I don't know, you know, it's like, idiot, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun, and then, uh, yeah, uh, that's a uh, only house show I've been to for WWE, but anywho, um, let's uh get to some geek news. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I am. Lo- I haven't seen the most recent episode, but I am loving uh, the third season of The Orville. Um,
2: oh, I have not seen the most. Wait, no, I, I am up to date. The new episode
1: comes out tomorrow, right? Yeah, so I haven't seen last week's episode. Okay, um, so I am up to. I am up to date and dude... They're
2: not even trying to be a parody anymore. It's just Star Trek.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's fantastic. Um, but I was uh, kind of shocked to learn that they don't even have a fourth season planned yet. Like, nope. it's, it's not uh, for sure. Um,
2: no, nope. and even season three was kind of skin of its teeth.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm wondering if they're waiting to see what the numbers are going to be like. Um, or if maybe Seth MacFarlane just decided to, you know three is enough. Like, I'm hoping not. I'm, you know, my,
2: my understanding is he wants to do lots more of it. It seems to be getting the financing from somebody else to do it is the issue.
1: Oh, okay. Cause I mean, the ratings have to be good. Like, I, like, I don't know how they measure like Hulu and, and, you know, up here it's on star, which is part of Disney plus. Um, I don't know how they, you know, find those ratings, but I mean, yeah, I, I I I haven't. I've only been hearing great things, like from from the critics. I know from my own opinion. So I'm, re- you know, fingers crossed. I'm really hoping there's a fourth season. But I was really disappointed to learn that that wasn't like in the can, or it, like it wasn't a for sure. So not really, yeah, bad. not really news, it's but it was kind of to... news to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Kev, have you have you been able to catch any of the Oroville?
3: I have not been able to get the Orville um, at all, all. We got. Oh okay. Uh, I kind of I kind of missed it when it started, and I want to watch it. I it, everything looks great, It just to to you know call back the previous joke there. I think I watched too much wrestling, and it's, it's yeah. stopped me from getting through some of this other stuff. I hear you man.
1: I hear you. There you know like for me it was hockey. Like you know when uh with the Oilers being in the you know in the playoffs. Um it's like all this stuff just kind of built up and and I'm so behind on so much stuff. Um but The Orville that's one of the you know other than I'm behind last week's episode it's one of the few ones that I I try and catch as soon as I can. Um all right, so the, well, the second piece of news I have is Game of Thrones is apparently getting a spinoff. Uh, well, they're, they're going to be trying to get it off the ground. It's going to be a sequel series about Jon Snow. Uh, apparently Kit Harington is uh, slated to reprise his role, and I guess we'll find oh. out uh, wh- why he went north and like what could possibly be the threat now. Weird. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of hoping maybe this is their way of, uh, you know, f- trying to fix some of the screw ups that, uh, you know, that they did with that final season. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> maybe. I, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be watching uh, House of the Dragon uh, in August because. To me, that, it looks good. I'm, I'm really psyched about it. I'm really excited, um, you know, with that showrunner being involved, you know, being a, an actual fan of, of George R. R. Martin. Um, but, yeah, if there's a Jon Snow series, I'll still check it out. Um, but, yeah, hopefully so I, they can I'm... fix what, what, you know, some of the bad taste left in my mouth after the, Game of Thrones finale. Uh, go ahead, Kevin.
3: Sorry. No, sorry. Um, so, you know how like Sony has to have something Spider Man related every two years or whatever it is? Yep. So they don't lose the license. <laughs> I, I'm starting to wonder if HBO has some deal of like they have to have something Game of Thrones or else they lose the rights to it. Yeah. It, and they want to hang on to that? It's possible,
1: but. Um... One of the things I've noticed is it seems like, you know, and and it's kind of a detriment to to the writing of the books, but uh, George R.R. Martin seems to be heavily involved in in these, uh, you know, because they did a pilot, uh, which I was not excited about uh, with Naomi Watts, and and it was going to take place like, you know, 5,000 years uh, before Game of Thrones. Uh, So we would have seen the beginning of the Starks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, apparently, uh, I think they spent like thirty million on it, and it's no one's ever going to see it. Um, so that got got canned, and then, but I don't think George R. R. Martin was as involved in that one. But it seems like with House of the Dragon and with this series, he's heavily involved. Which, like I said, is a detriment to him writing, you know, finishing off the book series. But it's kind of good to know that he's more involved with the shows if you know because i think you know they'll have to meet certain criteria in order to you know be good but in george r R. martin's um mind because apparently i i heard a rumor or uh, not a rumor but i guess a story recently that i guess george R. r martin like went to hbo before they, you know, butchered the final season of Game of Thrones and was, like, begging them to do ten seasons. Like, this has to be ten seasons. You cannot end this with six episodes in the, you know, in this last season. It, we got to keep going. Uh, there's no way you can wrap it up properly. So, you know, all this, it's kind of funny. All this stuff's coming out now, like, um, after the fact. Because I think he probably, you know, the way... I don't know, the way the contracts were working or whatever back then, he probably, you know, wasn't allowed to say anything. He probably had a, you know, NDA in place. Um, but, you know, now he can, uh, you know, share with us everything he wants. So, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see where they're going to go. It's cool that Kid Harrington is willing to come back. Because um, I know he was one of those actors that actually liked, you know, doing the show. Like, he, he wanted didn't want it to end. He would have kept going. Um, So we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Kevin, do you have any news this week? So uh,
3: it sounds like we have a little problem with uh, the DC universe. And what do we do about Ezra Miller? Ooh, yeah. Cause it keeps getting worse every time. Yep. Um, Flashpoint isn't scheduled to be released till next summer, I believe. Yep, it was supposed um, to come out this I, November, but it got pushed. I would spend the money and replace him. Yep, I would just CGI over top of everything he's that's already been filmed. With I mean, Grant Gustin would be great, um, but I at Agreed. this point. Like you can't trust him to not screw up. He's the main character of the movie, which means you're gonna have to send him on tour and press for a month, two months. He's gonna screw up and it's gonna bring negative attention to your two hundred million dollar movie. Like I, I, I know there's you know, separate the art from the artist and all the stuff like that. Yeah. But at this point it's he is a financial liability. That they yep. need to just get rid of. Yeah. Like he's he's gonna hurt a huge franchise if they keep him. It's just get get rid of him now while you can. Well I to and me I, I think someone's gonna someone's gonna die if, if stuff continues the way it is. Yeah, he's definitely. there's definitely whether it's him or whether he Yeah, there's definitely some
1: issues there. Like he needs some serious help, I think. Um it kind this really does remind me of that movie, uh, uh, All the Money in the World. That was the movie that was filmed and in the can um, with uh, uh, Kevin Spacey. But then when the whole Kevin mm-hmm. Spacey stuff came out, uh, they were like, "No, we're not going to release this film," and they reshot all his scenes with Christopher Plummer. And from what I've like I of course I you know I didn't see the original cut but from what I hear the Chris, Christopher Plummer w- was far better like he was you know he he um I think didn't you get an oscar for that or uh was nominated I think um so you know like there there is uh this has happened before you know and I really think yeah they should just go with a proven player you know grant gustin he's proven himself you know like you know like i don't watch the flash anymore but you know those first few seasons i um i liked you know he wasn't the reason why i stopped watching i stopped you know it was more the writing of the show that why i gave it up but i figured he was great as barry allen and in that role um so why not you know like just salvage what you can and and do some reshooting. And I mean, he's... And not only that, but you got Grant Gustin who is used to filming on a television schedule. So he would be able to do these scenes and everything else um, in a timely manner. So I I really hope they do that, because Ezra Miller, like you said, Kevin, he's just a liability at this point. Like you know get them some help and and uh you know you can uh bring Grant Gustin in he can do it and then maybe if you know 5 years down the line they could do what they did during the pandemic and and release the you know the Ezra cut you know like what they did with uh Justice League you know have it be a you know special uh, presentation on on HBO Max uh rather than theatrical
0: yeah, so.
3: and I, I mean, at this point, even if he said, Oh, I, I've learned my lesson, I'm cleaned up or I'm healthy, whatever it is. Can you be sure of that? And can you be sure, you know, a year from now when you have him doing all the press and everything? And, and you know, part of that is you're entertained, so people are going to be putting, uh, uh, temptations in front mm-hmm. of his face. Yep. Part of it. Like, it, I don't think it's worth the risk. And e- even if, you know, people say, oh, but I really, oh, I really like him. I'm really fan of all. I got people that I'm friends with or family with that I would not hire or, or you know, give, give uh, press to or whatever. We yep. can be friends. We can be family. But I'm not going to put you in a situation where you could mess up my money. And yep. I think Warner Brothers needs to look at him like that at this point. Yep,
1: agreed. Uh, Ragnar, what are your thoughts?
2: Oh, I'm with you on that. That could get so messy. Yep. Yeah.
1: Um, Kevin, uh, do you have do you have any other news you want to throw out there?
0: Um.
3: So, uh, there was a comic publishing switch that happened. Yep. Um. I think I brought it up before. Marvel lost Conan. Yep. Uh, Conan is going to be published through Titan Comics, which does Doctor Who right now. Titan somehow has all reprint rights. So they can reprint everything from Marvel and from Dark Horse. Nice. Uh, I don't know how that they end up getting that. Um, and they can, so they can't reprint stuff. Like uh, they did Savage Avengers, which was Conan with an Avengers team. They can't do that, because those are still Marvel characters other than Conan, but oh, they can yeah. do the yeah. rest. Um, so they have Conan, they have Cole, they have Solomon Kane, and they have Dark Agnes. Um, but I don't know how along the way Red Sonya is not counted as part of the Conan package, and hasn't been for a while. Um, even though it's very much tied into Conan. So, And I, I don't know the whole legalities, but I guess are Arch Agnes is going to be like she's another character that Robert e. Howard created that will be similar that is similar to Red Sonia so they'll roll with that as their female lead Oh, okay for anything um so I' I'm, I'm sure it's something I'm sure it's some complicated legal rights kind of like when Stanley was selling all the Marvel properties you know yeah so I'm sure it's something like that that Red Sonia's not included and maybe she will be one day again but as Marvel's losing that, they announced that they have another Fox property that they will be making comics for soon. And that's Marvel gets planet of the apes. Huh? So So, don't know. I I, I mean, so far they've just said we have it. So are you going to do the modern version? Are you going to do the classic version? Do you have access to both? You know, um, do you have access to characters to, that, you know, would look like certain actors? Do you need to get their permission? Because their Predator and Alien ones are standalone. It's just mm-hmm. an Alien story or just a Predator story. Yep. It doesn't really cross over with anything already established. So far, it's not crossed over with, like, the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Although I'm sure they'll do that eventually, because why wouldn't you? That's just money. Yeah. Yeah. So Planet of the Apes, you could do a story with the apes, even ones that we're familiar with, because that's makeup and or CGI, and leave out human characters and tell some other story along the way. But it's still too new. They just announced it. So I'm I'm guessing by, let's see, the September. So September previews is out. So it'd be October at the earliest that we would see anything, probably November.
1: Yeah, I guess it makes sense because, yeah, Planet of the Apes is a Fox property. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Star Wars, right? Like, they're probably just waiting until their agreement with uh, whoever. Because I know Boone Studios was doing Planet of the Apes, uh, and they did some really good good Planet of the Apes books. Um, You know, there's uh, a few series based on the original uh, 60s and 70s movies that I, you know, would recommend. And then IDW was doing Planet of the Apes Star Trek crossovers, and uh, Planet, mm-hmm. of the, you know, but they also did Doctor Who Star Trek crossovers. So I, I don't know how that worked, but uh, it'll
3: be well, interesting. Go, yeah, the Planet of the Apes stuff goes back to Gold Key Comics in what the sixties, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, um, and, and those were, I mean, stuff was different then too. You could you know, people weren't worried about likeness rights or continuity or, you know, yep. uh, some of the nitpicky stuff that we do now. So it's just, here's a story and it's just a fun story to sell a comic. It's nothing more than that. So no, they, they could go lots of different ways with it. And then, um, you know, to go with the Conan one too, does this mean Marvel has the rights to reprint stuff other people have done too? They'll be curious hmm. what we get from there.
1: Um, well, one one aspect I'm looking forward to is uh, I'm ho- you know I'm wondering who among the Marvel writers is a Planet of the Apes fan and you know what what they can yeah. bring to the franchise because um, you know for example like Jason Aaron you know writing Conan like that was just absolutely fantastic Charles Soule uh, you know writing for uh, Darth Vader. And I think he's writing the the series now. Jason Aaron, I think, with you know, also did some Star Wars. Um, like, you know, get some of those guys writing Planet of the Apes because I love Planet of the Apes. So, um, you know, but you know, as far as comics and stuff go, I guess it's been a little stagnant late in the last few years. So, uh, this is actually kind of uh, exciting news
3: that uh, you know Marvel's going to be doing. Oh, and it- if I was Marvel editorial, as soon as I knew that, hey, we're going to have the rights to it, I would send out an email to all the writers saying, yep. hey, it's confidential, but if you're interested, send a pitch. Because we're sure some of you are a huge Planet of the Apes fans that have been waiting all your life for this. So send us a pitch and we'll figure out who we're going to put on the books. Yeah. And just do a blanket thing like that. Yeah. Excellent.
1: Yeah, that'll be good. Um,. Ragnar, do you do you have any news so, this week?
2: Well, I was just going to say. So, when you say they they got the rights for Planet of the Apes, that that's just for comic books, just for, just for the comics.
3: Yeah, okay. um, because yeah. when Disney bought Fox, Planet of the Apes was part of it. yep yeah. So D- Disney, under one of their many umbrellas, can do whatever they want with movies, TV shows, Disney Plus, stuff like that. Right. But the comic rights would bounce around a lot. But now, any of the uh Any property that Disney now owns, if they don't have Marvel publish it directly, like uh Marvel is doing Aliens and Predator now, Um Marvel seems to have some sort of like side deal with IDW to do like Disney kid lines and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So it's pretty much like we can control it and not have the because the Fox rights, like we we're saying, bounce around all the time, depending on, you know, what property it is. And yeah every one of those like any uh franchise movie franchise that has comics they'll always bounce around doctor who's bounced around you know uh, star wars has bounced around like everything has over time but this will be marvel's like first real shot to see what they can do with planet of the apes though so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. excellent
2: i'd be i'd be very curious to see what they come up with
1: yep uh, but Ragnar, did you have any news
2: this week, or? Um, honestly, not really. Uh, nothing has come across my feed that jumped out as newsworthy. Um. Yeah, it's been a pr- pretty uh, light couple like, of weeks. Yeah, it's been kind of a light couple of weeks. There's been lots of content out that I've been enjoying,
1: but uh, in terms of news, no, I, I don't have anything right now. All right, and and I'm, I'm happy to report that there's no deaths that we have to talk about this episode, so, you know, that's a good sure. thing, you know, got yeah. focus on the positives. Um, all right, well... Thanks for not dying. Who? I said thanks
2: for not dying. Oh,
1: I thought you said... For a second, I thought you said Zoe Saldana. I'm like, what? No. No, I don't she, think she's, so. <laughs> she's She's very much alive. Um... All right. Well, let's move on to our brain candy segment because we got a lot to, t- to talk about. So, we we are going to talk about Obi Wan, but we'll do that at the end of our brain candy segment because Kev hasn't seen it yet. So, um, Kev's going to bow out so he doesn't get spoiled um, for Obi Wan. So, um, uh, well, I- I'll I'll kick it off. Um, when you know. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, people that you know, passed away, um, when uh, Ray Liotta passed away, I was very, you know, I got watching a lot of scenes on YouTube of Goodfellas and and, and different things like that. And I got, re- I kind of realized I never, I've never read that book that Goodfellas is based on. So I got, I downloaded the audiobook from Audible. It's called Wise Guy by Nicholas Pelleggi, Uh And it's it's what goodfellas is, is, is based on and uh yeah it, it, it's it's a great um great audiobook um you know of course for the movie they had to you know in, you know combine certain characters and and uh and so on and so forth for the for the movie so you know there's definitely a lot more people uh, that were involved in that scenario or in that that story but um yeah, it, it it it's a great audiobook. I can't say enough great things about it, and and the narrator. Um, unfortunately, I don't know who it is, but he he does sound a lot like Ray Liotta, like when Ray Liotta was doing the Henry Hill character. Um, that's what he he reminded me of a lot. Um. So anyway, we watched uh, we we re- rewatched uh, Doctor Strange two. Uh, this this weekend my my wife and I I rewatched it. It was her first time watching it, and uh, yeah, definitely didn't hold up as much um, on the the second viewing. I definitely noticed the the, the issues that we were ha- you know we had with the the, the movie, um, but something that uh, got me thinking. The Doctor Strange two actually reminds me a lot of another Sam Raimi movie, and that one was Spider Man three. Uh, and the reason why I say that, um, you know, a lot of people don't like Spider Man three, but I don't mind Spider Man three because I felt Spider Man three was very much uh, like a like a comic book movie. It it, it was it reminded me. Of a storyline that you would read in Spider Man. Um, so, anyway, you know, like a, with Spider Man, you got the multiple villains. You know, a lot of storylines have multiple villains, multiple heroes, so on and so forth. And that's what it reminded me of a lot was it was a good Spider Man story or not so good Spider Man story? Um, so, Doctor Strange 2 really does remind me of a Doctor Strange comic book. Like, it, you know, like, the storyline is very comic book-ish. Um, yeah. So, I think it's good in that way, but I think it lost some, some people, you know, who, you know, might not follow Doctor Strange comic books. Um, but, you know, Crystal, she's not, she's not a comic book person. She's, you know, she, she liked it. She, she didn't think it was terrible or anything, but, um...
2: To me, it was kind of reminiscent of last year's, or whenever it came out, the book of Boba Fett. There were some amazing moments. There were some parts that were epic, but as a whole, it just didn't quite work. And that, and I feel the same way about the Boba Fett show as I do about Doctor Strange. Yeah, Doctor, you yeah. know Doctor Strange too. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness had some amazing moments and it had some really good parts and there were some great ideas, but as a whole, it was just kind of a mess.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah.
2: And, all, and also, too, part of it is we were really hoping that they were going to do a lot of stuff from the what if universe. And they didn't really go down that rabbit hole very far. No. And I thought we were going to see, like, you know, Doctor Strange going to all these different dimensions and all these different variations on things that we're familiar with. Yeah. And they really only did a little bit of that. And most of the movie was actually about Wanda. And it was just sort of like, oh, I didn't want to go see a movie about Wanda as a villain. I wanted to see a movie about Doctor Strange. Yeah. So I think... I think they had a lot of different ideas and I think too many different ideas got put together and it just wasn't a very strong story.
1: Well, I, I, and I also think again, you know, uh, getting back to Spider-Man three, why I think, you know, Spider-Man three and this movie are very similar other than the, the director. Um, I think Sam Raimi for both movies was given a lot of mandates. Like you have to do this, you have to do that. Um, yeah, you know, like, I know um, in interview Sam Raimi said, like, when Spider-Man 3, he didn't want to have Venom as, as in it. Uh, but the studio was like, yeah, no, Venom, we have to have Venom. In it. Yeah, so the studio was like, you have to have Venom. Uh, so we had to, you know, shoehorn him in. Um, so I kind of felt like that's what this movie was. Like, they told him, you know, oh, this is going to be the first horror movie that we've done for, for Marvel. And so he was excited, and he signed up, and but then it's like, well, no, you know, we can't really go full horror on this. You know, we, you know, this, uh, you know, we got to keep this family-ish. Um, so I think, you know, he had to juggle a lot of mandates. Um, and I real, and, you know, on second viewing, because I think the first viewing I was so excited to, see, you know, because I knew Patrick Stewart was going to be in it. I knew, you know, the Illuminati. I, I had a feeling we were going to see John Krasinski. Um so when he showed up, I was like, oh, my God. But but then on second viewing, it's like, yeah, they're really not in this very much. It's it's kind of like the, you know, Darth Maul situation where it's like, you know, you see him in the in the commercials and stuff, and you think, oh, this character's going to be kick-ass, you know, and we're going to see so much of him, but he's only in, like, ten minutes of the movie. These guys are even less. Um, You know, maybe five minutes altogether. So... But anyway, it, it like it's not a terrible movie by any means. Um it's kind of middle nope, of the road, no. I think for for Marvel. Yeah, it, it's just
2: it's a solid 3 out of 5. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't suck, but it it's not amazing and it's not it's not one you're going to go back and watch again and again and again and be excited every time. Yep. Yeah. Now that you've seen it twice, I'm just hazarding a guess here, it might be a, quite some time till you want to watch it again.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm—I mean, I still kind of stand by my statement that I—I I did like it better than Doctor Strange one. Uh, but yeah, I—I—I—I I, I, I think I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch Doctor, you know, the first Doctor Strange because I think a lot of things that threw me off from that movie was, um, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch. You know, like I was so used to him as as Sherlock Holmes. So seeing him as Doctor Strange was yeah. kind of jarring for me, uh, but then by Infinity or sorry by Thor Ragnarok I was like, oh, you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, I can see this now. And then and then Infinity War he he sold me. So um, I think I'm to yeah. go back and rewatch. Um, yeah. yeah, you should. Yeah. All right, like I said, I got a lot of stuff here. Um, so I was talking about Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I like it. Um. But I'm only two episodes in, and one thing that really drives me nuts—well, I'm on many things that drives me nuts of new Star Trek—is it's like everyone seems to have a tragic backstory. It's like why can't you know? Like I realize, mo- you know, a lot of people, you know, at some point in their lives, you know, have some some form of tragedy. It's 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 part of the human experience. But it seems like Star Trek, like they go out of their way to make every one of their characters tragic. So now we learn in Strange New Worlds that Uhura now has a tragic backstory. Apparently her family was killed in a shuttlecraft accident. Um, Uh and I was like, why? Like, you know, like I, you know, like I know the original Uhura, like you never really (laughs) knew about, she didn't really talk about her family other than, you know, she was from, uh, United States of Africa, like that was kind of all we knew. Um, but it seems like everyone's got to have a tragic backstory, and it just—I don't know. It it, I just wish we could get away from that.
2: Well, they're they're they've just all these new Star Trek TV series, Picard and Discovery, and likely this one too. As I've not seen it at all. They're making it very dystopian. Yes, yep. Making, and there's nothing wrong with dystopian science fiction, and given the state of the world today, dystopia seems more likely than ever. (laughs) But one of the things that we took away from Star Trek was that it's like, it's not supposed to be dystopian. Yeah, It's It's not supposed to be like, you know, paradise and utopia, but Star Trek Star trek was supposed to be like mankind stopped being stupid and united as a planet and now we do things because we're interested in doing them because we like learning and we're curious not because we're motivated by profit or revenge or things like that Mm -hmm. and so that's what one of the things that really bothers me about the new star trek is that it's so dystopian yep and it's just kind of like but that's not what star trek is
1: yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, I just, you know, like, for example, in season one of Picard, that episode where they, you know, where it was like Saw, where they're ripping out Echeb's eye and torturing him and stuff, and then they go to this planet that's seemingly run by humans, and it's like, it was like Blade Runner. It looked like it was, it was from Blade Runner. It's like, no, that,
0: yeah, it was like Blade Runner.
1: Like, why, why are we doing this? You know, like, Star Trek's supposed to be a positive vision of the future. If anything, it, it really makes me appreciate going back and re-watching, uh, you know, Next Generation. And even Voyager. Like, I was never a huge Voyager fan, but I find now I'm going to be going back and, re- and re-watching that. Because there's a lot of Voyager episodes that I haven't seen yet. So... Well, and you
2: know, like, <clears throat> when you watch most of the new Star Wars television shows, Mm -hmm. so think like The Mandalorian or Obi-Wan Kenobi or even movies like Rogue One, they feel like Star Wars. Yep. Even if they're showing you characters you haven't encountered before and settings you haven't faced before, they feel like Star Wars. But the new Star Trek shows, they, they don't even feel like Star Trek. Yep. Yep. Like, it's just it's gotten so far away from its roots that it's it, they should just stop calling it Star Trek. And if they just said it's something else and it's not Star Trek and it's not connected to the old Star Treks, I would probably dig the shit out of those shows. And I'd be like, man, this new science fiction is really good. It's dark and, and gritty and oh, wow. But when I try to view it as a Star Trek fan, I'm like, this is
1: not Star Trek. This is something else. Yep. Um and that and, you know this isn't a spoiler, but that's one of the things that I loved about Obi Wan. Oh. it it felt like a like a nice transition between the prequels and the and the original trilogy.
2: Oh um, it was great. So oh, yeah. anyway.
1: Um again, like I said, I got a big list here. Uh yeah, yeah. comic book wise, there's there's a new comic book series. I think issue two comes out this week. It's called Eight Billion Genies. And I... Interesting concept, and I, I really like the first issue. So, um, essentially what happens is, like, one day, all of a sudden, everyone gets a genie. Like, and I'm talking, like, you know, Genie of the Lamp type of thing. And, wow. you, and you get one... Like, everyone on planet Earth gets a genie. So, you know, like, a 102-year-old guy gets a genie, a uh, t- uh, two-minute-old baby gets a genie, and everyone can make um, wishes. Like you, you get one wish, but the the you know the whole you know chaos that ensues is really. Oh, I can't, can you
2: imagine? Oh.
1: Well, like the one, like it's it. So basically, the the protagonists are the the main characters of the series. It takes place in a bar, so they're in this bar when all these genies appear in front of everybody, and the genies say, "You know, you know, I, you know, I grant, you know, you, I'm your genie. You get one wish." Um, so the guy that owned the bar made his like right away. His wish was that nothing that no no one's wishes would affect what happens inside his bar. So basically, his bar is the only like protected place, seemingly on so far on the planet. So, like when they go outside, you know, there's dinosaurs running around eating people. There's you know explosions. Um, they they had a shot of the Earth where the Earth turned into a cube. Um, like you know, because everyone's you know, you can literally do anything you want. Um. So, I don't want to give too much away, but this is a fun concept. It's a fun comic book series. And I like, you know, the way the genies look because they're these, like, little cartoony looking things. But everyone's genie looks different. Um, So, uh, like, I know. I think it was from issue two because I think issue two, like, I. It might have come out physically already, but it doesn't come out digitally. I'm not exactly sure what's going on here. But I know. Uh, they were talking about Issue 2 and on fanboy, so I don't know if it gets released earlier or something. But um, I guess, like, I haven't seen this yet, but there was this dad who his wish was he gets final approval over his kids' wishes. Because his kids were going to wish for stupid shit. Um, you know, like, I, I want, I, I can't remember what they said. Like, I I want all I can eat, you know, macaroni and cheese. And it's like, well... No, that's a stupid wish. You're going to waste your wish. No. So that was the dad's wish, that he gets final approval over his kid's wishes. Um, but yeah, like it, you know, you can just imagine what, what would happen. So anyway, um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I believe it's a Charles Soule book. Um, who's, who's a great, uh, who's a great writer. Um, I know I should have been prepared for this, but, uh. Yeah, eight eight billion genies. It's a, it's. I can't say enough great things about that book. It uh, that it's, sounds awesome. It's being re- I, I would.
2: Uh,
1: I dig the crap up
2: out of that concept.
1: Yeah, it's being released by. Uh, yeah, it's what Charles Soule is, re- is writing. It. It's being released by uh, Image Comics. Um, cool. Uh, so yeah, so you know, essentially everyone on the planet gets a genie, and I. I can't remember how they, you know, if it was just in the caption box or whatever, but, you know, people are dying, you know, because like I said, you know, people wish for like a like a Tyrannosaurus Rex shows up and it just starts eating people. Uh, <laughs> you know, people don't think, uh, you know, what their wish is. Um, so, yeah, it's it's an awesome, interesting concept. Um, all right, so next on my list is Ms. Marvel. I, I mentioned this. Uh, when we recorded The Pop Culture Pub with Lillian. I wasn't actually going to watch the show. Uh, just, you know, based on the trailers, I thought it looked a little too silly. Uh, I wasn't the target audience. I actually kind of like the show. I, you know, and I'm not a, you know, I've never read, you know, I know of uh, Kamala Khan, uh, you know, the character from, from Marvel. And, and, I mean, they did some changes to her care, you know, how she gets her powers, Um, speaking of genies, you know, there are genies in this, in, you know, in this series. Um, and, uh, I actually like what they, what they did, you know, because, uh, you know, originally heard the concept was she got hit by the Terrigen mist. She's an inhuman. Um, but that didn't happen in here because the inhumans aren't part of the MCU currently. Um, so they, you know, they, they did something else with her power, which I think actually worked better. And um, I can't remember the actress's name, the one who plays Ms. Marvel, but she is so sweet and endearing um, that I'm sold on the show just based on her. Because I've seen her in interviews, and I actually I saw because they did like a Skype call with her where they told you know she had had auditioned for the part, and apparently, kind of like Tom Holland, like Tom Holland was like a Spider Man fan before. He got cast as Spider Man. She actually was a fan of the character Ms. Marvel, um, so when she got the part, like she was just so ecstatic and genuine and sweet about it. Um, you know, seeing her on the you know the red carpet for Ms. Marvel, and she's like, I I, I feel like I shouldn't even be here. Like I you know I I I don't belong here. Um, yeah, she's so awesome. Like she's such a good actress, up and coming. She's she's Canadian, isn't she? Honestly, I don't know. Uh, she might well, be. I'm pretty sure she is. She might be. I, I actually don't know a lot about her, other than I I really like what she's doing with the character. And, uh, you know, like, I think it's a, a fun show. I watched the first couple episodes with my daughter, you know, because, like, she, Kamala's, like, a year older than my daughter. So um, she didn't really take to it, uh, but I did. So I'll be continuing with Ms. Marvel. Um, cool. and, and then, yeah, I... I Kind of been watching a little bit of Batman the Animated Series, and uh, yeah, there's a reason why people love that 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 show, and it, it it's awesome. Um, so yeah, I just started that. Uh, Ragnar, uh, what do you have this week for brain candy? Well, leaving out Obi Wan, yes. Yeah.
2: Um, I am up to date on the Orville. And I'm absolutely in love with it because Mm -hmm. they're not even trying to parody Star Trek or be silly anymore. This season it's it is just Star Trek under a different name. And I'm I'm loving it and it's it's great. And I every week I'm so excited to watch the new episode because for me, there hasn't been a Star Trek show for me a new Star Trek show for me to watch since like you know enterprise and that was a long time ago yep um so yeah loving it um i just finished the first half of season four of stranger things the second half starts on friday so not a terribly long wait for me and i'm loving it i overall did not think season three was very good Season three, to me, just felt kind of long in the tooth. Like, Mm -hmm. we're kind of really stretching this thing out. And season four doesn't feel that way, even though they are definitely stretching it out. Yep. Um, And I'm loving it. I'm loving it as much as I did watching seasons one and two. And so if you enjoyed Stranger Things, you're going to like the new season but you really do need to watch season three because so many things that happened in season three are important to the the story in season four. And because I didn't really enjoy season three, I don't remember a lot of these things they're referencing. So it's almost like I need to go and rewatch season three and then watch this season again. But uh, yeah, it's great. And um, I did start the boys, but I didn't, didn't even finish one episode, so I I don't really have too much to say yet. It you know, looked promising,
1: but it, it's good. Early yeah. days. I I've been enjoying it so much. I like the last week's episode honestly had I think probably the best fight if they've done in the series. And it was cool. so awesome. It was cool. It was cool. Well, I'm
2: I'm excited. I mean, so far nothing in the boys. TV show or even the animated uh, little thing that came out they were all great mm-hmm. and, and nothing they've done has led me to believe it's it's ever gonna not be great. Uh, maybe it's someday they'll run out of ideas or it'll get old but so far it just keeps getting better so I'm I'm thinking it's gonna be good.
1: yep oh it is um, I just really quickly wanted to say that yes uh, the actress that plays Ms Marvel is Canadian. Um, she's Canadian actress of Pakistani origin and her yeah. name is Iman Vellani. And yeah, she's actually the same age as my oldest daughter. She's, wow. So she's actually 19 going to be 20 this year. So, yeah. Uh, but her character is 16. Um, yeah, well, but, that often happens. but yeah, she pulls it off. Yeah. She's fantastic. Um, did you have anything else, Ragnar? Well, just, uh, just Obi-Wan. I,
2: I, yeah, Obi-Wan, but that's a separate topic. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Kevin, what do you have this week for Brain Candy? Okay.
3: Um, I've, I am actually up to date on Ms. Marvel. Uh, as we record, there will be a new one coming out. And mm-hmm. uh, my kid has been watching it with me, too. Excellent. And he is loving it. And I I really think, and I I can't remember if I made the point to you guys before because I've I've made the point to so many people in the last Mm -hmm. couple weeks. Um, I think it's the best Marvel thing for kids, is that Mm -hmm. they've done for MCU. Yeah, like this is the perfect one for kids, and Ms. Marvel is Spider-Man for this current generation. That's your teenage superhero, your introduction to. This wider universe, someone that you can, you know, see yourself in, in a lot of ways. Yep. And uh, what what the heck, it, it was in episode three, um, was it, uh, something like, um, don't worry about if you are good, just do good, or, or some, I forget what the exact quote was. Oh, uh, from her
1: mom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't remember. But yeah, it was something to
3: that effect, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, hey, you're a good person because you do good things, not because you're a superhero, not because you wear a mask, but just because you do good things. That's what makes someone good. Yeah. And I was just like, that's a great thing for kids. Mm-hmm. You know, you you don't have to worry about getting superpowers or anything like that. You can just do good things, you know, around your house or at your school or in your area. You know, like, that's wonderful for them. Um, I I think it's great that, I mean, and me watching it with my kid, but I'm seeing the parent side for stuff. Mm -hmm. We're upset with you for sneaking out. We're upset with you for hiding things. We're upset with you for lying to us. You can see her point, too, of, like... I need to do these things, and I'm confused, and I have these powers, and I don't know what's going on, and I'm going to make poor decisions because I'm 16, so I'm supposed to make poor decisions, you know. But I'm learning from it and getting better, and all. They they show both sides so convincingly that you can see it. I I would hope that maybe this is one of you know a long forgotten. We haven't had one in a while, but a show that a family could watch together and then have conversations too. Yep. You know, um, and, 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 you know, maybe have some breakthrough family moments for it, but she's going to be a star. This show has been so good. Yeah. She's,
1: Um, she's so good. She's such a fantastic young actress. I can't say enough great things about her.
3: Yeah. Uh, I'm
2: going to have to check the show out.
3: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sheltered where I live. Um, I don't know any Muslim people as far as I know, you know, um, but I, I think they do a great job of showing purrs like, you know, I'm 16 living in New York City, so I have all of the usual 16 live in New York City stuff. I like my music. I like my TV shows. I text my friends. This boy's cute. And I go to mosque on Sunday, and then I still do my other stuff, too. This is just a part of me. Yep. And I'm like, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, it's uh anyone going to church or synagogue or whatever on, on their holy days they still do all this other stuff too you know and i, I think it's really kind of eye opening in a way as well yep but i'm i'm loving it my kids all, all set he he told me i i have to wait until he's with me to watch the next one <laughs> so i was like don't worry buddy i don't want to watch it without you um so speaking of stuff with him we're continuing our dc animated movie marathon Okay, yeah. Um over, overall I didn't love Flashpoint Paradox. Yeah. Um the yeah. It, it what I didn't realize is there's this like continuing series for the DC animated, that a handful of them are actually one longer story. Yep. So what uh, Justice League War, Justice League Teen Titans, uh Justice League Dark, Apocalypse War, and Flashpoint Paradox are all in there. There might be one or two. I feel like Atlantis Rising. Like I think there's one or two of them for getting in there. Yeah, I didn't realize there was all one storyline. So we're watching it out of order and stuff's Now starting to make more sense. And I was like, oh, if I'd wa- if we'd watch this way, we're supposed to. This stuff would add up better. But it's not obvious that it's part of a series either. And and I think that yeah. kind of hurts it too.
1: Yeah, because at the um, at the time because, they when they were being released you know, like you would watch them as they were being released. Right. So yeah. Cause they wanted like the same actors and the same, you know, animation style, you know, basically what they did for the new 52, but for the animated. Uh,
0: movies. Yeah.
3: And, and, and I get it. And I like the flashpoint story. There was a lot of stuff that was very interesting, very cool, but I'm like, yep. I just feel like I'm missing something in here. Yeah. So I, I, I might go back and try to rewatch them in order. They're not that long anyways. Uh, we did watch Son of Batman, and so far that is my second favorite of all the DC animated. So it is Batman discovering the existence of Damian Wayne. Oh, okay. And that is the whole movie. Like Damian's introduction to Batman and to his world. Oh, my God. It is sarcastic. It is funny. It is rude. It is heart. Breaking, it is heartwarming too. Um, seeing the bat family dynamic with this new person, Damien dumped in their lap, and it's like, okay, he's here and we have to deal with this. Like, he's not going away, so let's figure stuff out. And Damien absolutely being his father's son, but also very much his mother's son and his grandfather's son. Mm hmm. He was so amazing in it. Um, Other characters that appear are perfect for it. I was laughing so hard at some of the stuff for it. Just uh, Damien's own dynamic for things, how he bounces off of other characters. I loved it. Such a fun one. Um, Like now, I want to go because I I mean, I read a lot of comics, but you can't read everything. Mm -hmm. I want to go back and read Damien's introduction in the comics now. And just see what they did and what certain writers have done with him, but this was so much fun. I, I got a new appreciation for Damian Wayne after this.
0: Yeah,
1: he's one character that he, people either like him or hate him. I like him. You know, I like the fact that you know, like the you know the Bruce, uh, you know, like he's the son of Batman angle, and you know, and his connection to Talia and everything. Um, but I like the fact that they wrote him like he's a little asshole. You know, like,
0: yeah, yes. like,
1: you know, because I mean, I mean, Dick and Tim, like they were like kind of like Boy Scouts, you know, they, they, you know, did everything properly and all that. Jason kind of was a lo- kind of a loose cannon, um, but he really didn't become a, you know, like a, a jerk or anything until, you know, after he got killed, but um, and came back. But I liked how Damien was just a just a little prick right out of right out of the gate. And and it makes sense because that's the way his mom is. Uh, yeah. So if so if he's being raised by a woman that you know is demanding and and you know cunning and and ruthless and you know and good at what she does, you know her son's gonna be like that too. So yeah, I I really I really like Damien, and um, you know if you want to check out some some good Damien stuff. I really liked what uh, Grant Morrison did with uh, when he was doing Batman and Robin, um, because that's when Bruce was gone. That's when he was like, you know, thrown back in time or whatever, and and Dick stepped in as Batman. So I I really you know as much as I like the you know Bruce Damian dynamic, I really like the dynamic between uh, Dick Grayson and Damian, and I thought that was very interesting, like that you know, when, when Dick took over as Batman and now he's got a, you know, uh train, you know, kind of like keep him, you know, on, you know, in check, you know, Robin. So there's still a Wayne and and you still got Dick Grayson. It, it, it was just a nice dynamic. And I thought uh, Grant Morrison did, you know, such a good job with that series.
3: Well, and I I think I want to go for that too. And I'm loving the more that people play with it, the dynamic of, uh, and I'm taking Stephanie Brown out of it. Mm-hmm. For now, so I'm going to say the four, the four male Robins. Yep. But the brotherhood between them mm-hmm. and just like real brothers, they can love each other and they can fight with each other too. Yep. And they're varying uh, thoughts and opinions about their dad. Yep. It, they're all, completely different characters but at the end of the day they're still family with it and all and I'm the more people play with that concept the more I love it. Um speaking of family though it came out today that uh Scott Snyder in his Batman Catwoman that's not canon but might be canon but mm-hmm. it's unofficial <laughs> it's not you know. Yeah. Uh Batman Catwoman got married in the issue that came out today. All right. Unofficially, maybe. Let's see. Who knows? But a bunch of it, <laughs> a bunch of it leaked on Monday online. Oh my God! Some of the scenes. I I wanted to get this comic just for some of the scenes because mm. there's a callback to an issue that he did um, as as what was supposed to be his hundred issue run of Batman. Yeah. Um, it was about uh, a halfway point, a little beforehand. Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle go on a double date with Clark Kent and Lois Lane, but they go to, like, a carnival fair renaissance kind of thing, but the gimmick is, to attend, you have to dress up as superheroes. Yep. So Clark dresses as Batman, and Bruce dresses as Superman. Yep. And they're having, like, all these interactions. Catwoman and Lois, you know, have altered costumes, too. And they're having these in-depth conversations of, why are you with him? Why are you with her? What's the dynamic? What's going on? What's your opinion? And it's like, for all the stuff that's happened for, what, 70, 80 years with these characters, it was a real shot of, like, friendship. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we don't see a whole lot of. We get the Martha and all that crap. you know. But this was, like, a real thing of, we've all been through some crap, and we're all there for each other. And we've forgiven each other for other things, and we're just friends, and going to hang out for an issue, which r- happens so rarely in comics now. Let's yeah. just hang out and have like a down issue, but so much fun. And then there's something in the issue that came out today, tomorrow, whatever. DC shipping is weird. That mm-hmm. calls back to it. I'm like, damn it, I need both. I, I just love like these family stories now, for comics. Now I feel like I got tracked on both of these issues.
1: Uh, real quick, did you say Scott Snyder? Yeah. Okay. Did I say hey, Tom King? Tom King. Yeah, I was gonna say because I Sorry. thought I was like I just wanted to correct you. The, yeah, Tom King's the yeah. writer, not Scott Snyder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both did incredible runs on. Uh, like Tom King took at, on or took Batman over after Scott Snyder. Yeah. Um,
3: well, I I also, um, I'm in a writing. Thing right now, too. Sorry, if you had to follow up, I'll, I'll pause because I'm going to jump to a different comic. Hmm. Go right ahead. Okay. So I read volume two of Crossover today. Okay. Oh my god. So the idea of Crossover is in in a city in the Midwest. Randomly, one day, every comic character, superhero, whatever, just showed up in the city, and the fight started. Yep. Yeah. Bless you. Uh-huh. You. <laughs> um and, and the real world's freaking out. Yeah. Like we cannot control this. So some at some point in the battle, some character puts a dome over it. Everything is contained in the dome. However, if you're kind of a character that was already outside of this area, you're in the real world. If you were a real world human and you were stuck inside this, you're still stuck inside of this. Yeah. So, in this world, people are like, they're, they're anti comic, um, because it's ruined, you know, it ruined an American city and it's ruining their life. And now we got these freaks that are wandering around here because comics characters are in the real world now. Um, you have government groups trying to stop it. You have comic characters that are in this comic that know they're comic characters and are like, we need to find our way back home. And then because it's, hey everything happened here you flip a page and there's cameo after cameo after cameo of like oh my god there's like 20 characters here from 20 different companies and different creators all on the same page how do they pull this off hmm so and then the mystery keeps going and there, there's some twists and turns there's a there's a thing done with art in the first volume that can only be done in comic because you are revealed who someone is when you flip Mm -hmm. the page it's done with the art and you're like you couldn't have done this in text you couldn't have really done it the same way in a movie or tv show this had to be done in comics to show to have this reveal it was so cool so then the second volume which i read today is all about how does the writer influence the story are we all writers of our own stories? Are we writers of the things that we create? How would the creations react to us as the writer? If you got a character that you've put through hell for a hundred issues and all of a sudden that character is in the real world, they're gonna have some questions for you. Yep. Yeah. Why did you do why did you ruin my life? So you couldn't get a paycheck, so you could win an awards, so you could have more people read your book, you ruined my life. Like, there would be conflict like that. Yeah. And it is, I, I'm look like, this is Alan Moore level, like, break down everything in comics and rebuild it. Like, I really think that that's the level that this is going to be seen at when it's all done. They're just breaking everything apart and rebuilding it and playing around with it so much. Even, like, there is a foreword to it. The first sentence is, do not read this forward until you read the rest of the book, because the foreword will spoil stuff coming up. I was like, all right, let me wait. <laughs> sure enough, it did. Like, I'm glad I waited, because Ford's like, okay, good. So when this happened in the book, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, gl- I'm so glad I didn't read this first. It would have absolutely ruined everything for me. But so, it, it's still going on. I don't know how many issues. I'll continue. So but Go what, ahead, Chris. So who who's releasing this? Like, It is Image. It is Donny Case and Jeff Shaw okay okay Huh. but but it's not only image characters appearing in it awesome yeah I'll, I'll, like, I'll to I, check that out yeah I handed off to a friend he starts flipping through I said no don't even flip through it because there are moments where you turn a page and a character appears and you go how the hell did they get the rights for this character to appear here who got this to happen yeah so if you flip through it out of context, you're going to ruin those moments. Yeah. But, I yeah, I... I wonder. I'm putting it up there at Watchmen level now. Like, I think that's where it's going to go when it's all done, of, like, just breaking down, here's this art form and here's how we thought it worked, but here's what we could really do with it. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, so yeah, I, I'm debating if I want to add the monthly issues to my pull list or just wait and read it all in one chunk. Yeah. Because I'm enjoying reading it all in one chunk. Yeah. Um, and my last thing that I've uh, gotten into since last we talked is I am almost all the way done with Season 1 of Shorezy. Yeah. Shorezy is the Letterkenny spinoff. Right, okay, yeah. The hockey where uh, Yup, yep. We never see his face during Letterkenny, and that's because they use uh the main actor for Letterkenny as this character, too. Which, he does a real good job because there's stuff I'm like, he looks shorter, he looks like a completely different build. I don't know how they're pulling it off here.
0: Yeah.
3: Good job, on, on ya. And it's just, yeah, it's him moving to play hockey, and the stuff that happens, and he's like, alright, I gotta get stuff together here because we gotta win. And it took... It's a little jarring at first because they don't ease you into it. It's just like, okay, here's this new world. Go. They yeah. don't like ease you into the cast or the situation or anything. Um. So you gotta just kind of run with it. But as soon as you're running with it, you're like, okay, this is really interesting. What the hell's happening here? Loads of fun. Tons of hockey. Tons of hockey. Lots of inside jokes i'm not getting um as i'm not a hockey person nor canadian (laughs) so i know there's lots of stuff i'm not catching on to but the amount i am is hysterical and i'm loving it and i can't even like i want to go into work and quote it and i can't without you know maybe starting an hr phone call (laughs) (laughs) but loads loads of fun for in the u.s it's on uh hulu um so i think you guys have it on crave yep and yeah. what's it called? Shorzy. 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 Yeah. I mean, the swearing and the offensiveness and, like, like just painting with swear words. Like, some of the stuff said, you're like, oh, my God, I wish I was clever enough to say shit like that. Cool. Excellent. All right. Well, um,
1: we'll move on to our – before we move on to our Obi-Wan discussion – uh, Kev's going to be leaving us so Kev uh, for our listeners where can they find you on the internet
3: right. you can find me across most social medias I am at MaskedLibrary and MaskedLibrary.com is my home blog and I'm trying to get going uh, I do stuff for the Retro Network as well I haven't been able to do stuff lately but I'm in the process of getting that moving again
1: Excellent. And uh, are you're still good for tomorrow night's recording?
3: We got one for tomorrow night too?
1: Yeah, Pop Culture Pub. Yes. I
3: yes. Excellent. I am okay for it. I Excellent.
1: Got confused. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, you can listen to Kevin uh, later this week on the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. So Kevin, thanks for uh for coming on tonight. Hey,
3: thank you. I'll talk to you guys later. Okay. Take care, man. There it goes.
1: All right, Ragnar. Um, It's just you and me, and we're talking about Obi-Wan. So first off, Ragnar.
2: Well, I can sum it up in three
1: words. Okay, go ahead.
2: It's fucking
1: awesome. Excellent. And, And you said you just finished the last episode just prior to recording. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, l- let's hear what you have to have to say, there, Ragnar. I'm very interested well, to, to find out what you think.
2: Okay. First, I'll get the quibbles out of the way. Okay. I really like Ewan McGregor as an actor. Hmm. He still doesn't look like Alec Guinness enough for me. The, the events of this mo- of this show are set, what, five years, six years?
1: Uh, I, I want to say Eight ten. Years? Nine or Luke ten.
2: Luke Skywalker is supposed to be 20 when Star Wars starts?
1: He's supposed to be 19. Okay, uh, so, so he's so nine, nine right years now. years
2: from now, he's supposed to transform into a very old man. And he yeah. doesn't quite look like an old man yet. It's a minor quibble. They're trying to also provide continuity to the character that we've seen in the prequels and yep. the Clone Wars and so on. So, overall, I think they've done well. But it's hard to believe, watching the show, that he's going to turn into Alec Guinness in nine years. Like, Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan is an old man. Yep. And Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan is worn down, but he's not an old man yet. Yeah. Anyways... It's a fairly minor quibble, um, and then my other quibble is with um, the third sister, who, of course,
1: mm-hmm. obviously
2: this is full of spoilers. If you have not seen the show, you should definitely not yes. listen yeah. any further.
1: Definitely tune out. Yeah,
2: spoiler warning. Um, so she ends up becoming the Grand Inquisitor briefly, and then I did like I thought her character was. So so evil it was unbelievable so when the twist came out that she was still a bad guy but was trying to kill Darth Vader I'm like that's why she was so evil she was extra evil trying to hide the fact of what she was really doing yeah that was awesome and i was like wow cuz i i had done a tangent about like this character's unbelievable she's too evil so that was amazing, because I'm like, wow, they made me go back on my own words. I love it. However, I still find it weird that when her first plan goes south to kill Darth Vader, that she immediately decides the next best thing is to kill his child, that it was a little tenuous if she even understood that was his child. Yeah, and he doesn't know that it's his child. So like I didn't quite think her logic made any sense there.
1: Yeah, it it completely didn't make any sense. I I totally agree because it's like she's mad at Vader for killing kids and yeah, almost and, killing and
2: destroying, her destroying her
1: life. So her solution I mean, is to kill a, is to kill a kid. You know, it's like, well, like that doesn't make any sense. It didn't make it didn't make sense. And that part wasn't believable.
0: Yeah.
2: However, I did like how they did it all so that Luke never saw her or the lightsaber or anything. He thought it was a Tusken Raider and he would have spent the rest of his life thinking, man, those Tusken Raiders are scary and they're pretty dangerous and you got to be careful around them. Yeah. And that was awesome. So that part I thought was very well done. I thought Uncle Owen and Amber were stellar. Like they even look like they're going to turn into the, the actors from the yeah. 1978 movie. Like it was the casting on them is incredible. Um, but yeah, but basically my, my single biggest quibble was just, you wanted to kill Darth Vader. And when that didn't work out, cause he's so insanely powerful, then you decide to go kill what may or may not be his child that he probably doesn't know about. Like if her plan was, I'm going to kidnap the kid and take the kid to Darth Vader and then murder the kid in front of Darth Vader. I'd be like, well, that's pretty sick, but I get it. But it was like, no, I'm just going to find this kid and kill it. Like that's not a good plan. He'll never even know.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, and I guess in real life, things don't always make sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe know. she
2: was supposed to just be so overcome with emotions she wasn't thinking clearly. I don't know. Yeah,
1: and with PTSD, like, she definitely had that. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, there are some things that, yeah, yeah I kind of just scratched my head at. Like, one, like the one thing that bothered me, like, there, there's definitely some issues with the writing. Um, yeah. But how come everyone can survive a lightsaber to the gut now? Like, yeah, Re- that, R- like okay. Reva survives twice. The grand, like, I mean, the Grand Inquisitor, I'll give him credit. He's an alien. You know, maybe his physiology, we don't know. But, you know, Qui-Gon gets stabbed and, with a lightsaber. was awesome,
2: though. When yeah. he got stabbed, and you're like, wow, that guy was pointless and kind of lame. And then when he came back, you're like, whoa, oh, well, when, that was awesome.
1: Well, like a lot of a lot of Star Wars fans were like up in arms because he shows up in Rebels, right? And, know, and he
2: was so scary in Rebels and in the the first episode of Obi Wan, he was kind of lame. Yeah, like but, yeah. And, and when he reappeared, he was much closer to the version of him we'd seen in Rebels.
1: Yeah, but yet, yeah, it it, it just kind of drove me nuts. Like why? does Qui-Gon die in Phantom Menace when he gets a lightsaber to the gut? But yet these guys survive. Yeah,
2: Reva not dying, I also didn't believe. And I also didn't believe that Darth Vader would leave her half dead.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, literally.
2: At that point, he would have been so upset, like so pissed off at her, he would have killed her and then like killed her a second time.
1: Yeah, because it was, like, what, on Episode 3, like, he literally, you know, used the force to snap a kid's neck. Yeah. You know, and he leaves her to live. Like, it's like, eh, I don't think so. It's like, well, of
2: course she's going to come back and try to kill you. Like, I thought that was stupid.
1: And, and, like, one thing with the writing, uh, something else that bothered me. Because, like, with Reva, it's like, at the end, I was expecting Obi-Wan to kill her. Because it's like,
2: and, and I would have, that would have been a much better ending.
1: Yeah. Cause it's it, like, like
2: she, he, you know, the way, the way he killed, um, Darth Maul and rebels where it was like really short, it was really fast, but very emotionally powerful. It should have been like that.
1: Yeah. It, it, it okay, was almost it, like it a, an act of mercy.
2: You're, you're a threat. I have to put you down. Yeah, Exactly and the fact and that he could have even been, and he could have even been sad about doing it like I don't really want to do this but I know that I have to.
1: And I don't understand what Disney's trying to do there because it's like are they trying to redeem her? Like she's she's literally a murderer. You she cannot yeah, she cannot be redeemed. She she was evil. I can only
2: assume that they will be making a second season and that, and that they're going to try to redeem her somehow.
1: That or she's going to show up on one of the other shows like Andor or one of those. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe she sacrifices herself for a greater good. But, I mean, she's, so, literally, she's literally a murderer. You know, it's like, eh, you know. Yeah. I, I, I kind of had an issue with that in the same way I had an issue in Rise yeah. of Skywalker when they were trying to make Kylo Ren be a good guy at the end. And it's like, oh, no. I hated that so much. Like, he he, hated that. he literally helped commit genocide in The Force Awakens. He cannot be
2: redeemed. He's evil. Yeah. And yeah, we I'm like we've already seen the redemption arc with Darth Vader, we don't need this again. Well, not have to, him be have him be evil and stay evil would be so much more interesting than oh, well maybe there's a little part of him that's still good.
1: Well, and that's the thing like like let, you know, for the sake of argument, let, let let's say Darth Vader survived at the end of Return of the Jedi. Do you think he'd be sitting no. there rocking out with the Ewoks? No he'd be under arrest for war crimes. Like, you know, he did terrible things. Like, you know, you don't don't just get a pass. So I I didn't like that Obi-Wan just let her go. Um, And basically, yeah, was basically telling her that she's a good person now. It's like, no, she's evil, man. But at the same, and also, uh, one thing that bothered me is why did, like, it's funny because one of the YouTubers I uh, follow, Critical Drinker, he said he's like Obi Wan, is a fucking asshole because it's like he had the opportunity to kill Darth Vader and he didn't do yeah. it. So he literally yeah. is let this guy go to go out and kill more people. You know, yeah, I thought that was and and again, I thought that was stupid too. Yeah, like I mean, that just falls Baker to the
2: basically Just ended the fight differently so that. He just didn't get the opportunity
1: to kill him. Exactly. Like, you know, like if, if, uh, you know, even though, like Vader said, I'm going by myself, like, even if, like, the Grand Inquisitor showed up with, like, a, a you know, a bunch of stormtroopers, and they start shooting at Obi-Wan, he's got to get out of there. Like. They should have done,
2: they should have had something happen. Yeah. Now, I did like how, at the end of it, the Emperor basically tells Darth Vader. To drop it you know, stop obsessing over Obi-Wan, you're my bitch now. Yep. I thought that was great. Because if they make another season, and I'm pretty confident they're gonna, they have to be really careful that they don't have too much Obi-Wan-Darth Vader interactions, or it won't make sense in A New Hope when they're like, oh, it's a presence I haven't felt in in years. If it's only been two years, it won't have that same impact so they there's only so much that they can do there and i think they've kind of pushed most of that as far as they realistically can
1: yeah i i agree i hope like honestly like one thing i will say about disney star wars Mm -hmm. that is very good is they have done a phenomenal job with darth vader like that scene in rogue one it's like yes this is what i want to see and And, and this
2: darth vader was as badass, if not more badass than that
1: one. So yeah, like for for me, like honestly, if they do a second season of Obi Wan, I hope Vader's not in it, because uh, yeah, I because you can have him show up on Andor or other other shows yep. as Darth Vader, and and you could see him you know breaking out the lightsaber, kicking ass. You could show the Inquisitors. You don't need them going at it anymore. Uh, if, no, they, think... it, if they do do the second season, I, I'm hoping it's about Darth Maul. Like I'm hoping, or
2: or it could be about the
1: Inquisitors, and and Obi Wan
2: could easily get dragged into something where he has to face off with all the Inquisitors because yeah, in the actual films, the original trilogy, there's no Inquisitors, there's no mention no. of them, they don't exist. And they they don't appear in Rogue One, so realistically, they all have to get killed or wiped out somehow before well, we get to
3: part of the storyline.
2: You, I don't I, think they just get retired and and oh, okay, your work here is done. Um, go be well, a farmer somewhere. Oh well, that seems
1: pretty unlikely. Have you haven't finished Rebels? Oh yeah, I finished Rebels. Because I was gonna say in Rebels they get like they're killed. They get killed Or Oh, that. were they all killed? Yep. Oh, uh, maybe I, okay, Cause, maybe cause I. Because Darth Maul takes out, yeah, Darth Maul takes out uh, the. Oh,
2: that's right.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. and and then the Grand Inquisitor ends up, di- you know, he ends up falling off that bridge or whatever and dying. And he comes back that's as like a right. force oh, okay. ghost later on. So, okay,
2: I just got my timelines mixed up a little, yeah.
1: little. The the only thing with the Darth Maul like cause, like I said like I would love them to bring Darth Maul back because in the solo movie they showed him back in live action.
2: Yeah, I know, so, and he and he was he was gonna they were setting him up to be like this new crime lord problem. Yeah, and so, then
1: they never did anything with that. So I mean there there's more you could do, but I you know because they got introduced to the character of Ezra Bridger and all that kind of stuff. Like, could still end. Season two of Kenobi with that final battle that we saw in Rebels between them, yeah, only live action, and I think that would be amazing. That would be so awesome, yeah. Um, but yeah, him and him and Vader going at it, like yeah, I think this is it. And I gotta say, like that final battle was fucking cool. You know, seeing oh yeah, seeing both of them, you know, using the Force in ways we hadn't seen, but yet it 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 seemed to me. It was more realistic than what Ray was doing in the movies. Um,
2: oh man, I don't, I don't even want to talk about those new movies. They yeah. sucked. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, but um, no, I'm glad you liked Obi Wan because um, it's. A, I, I'm finding it's a little divisive with some people. Uh, you know, they mm-hmm. don't like it, uh, but I thought it was. I thought it was fine. I mean, like I said, there were some issues with the writing that I think could have been better. Um, like, for example, uh, another thing, too, is the beginning of the final episode when they're, you know, being chased by the Death Star and Obi-Wan, you know, like, their plan is he he escapes and yeah. they, and he knows Vader will go after him and leave the ship behind. But I'm like, but wouldn't Vader, like, send some TIE fighters after that other ship?
2: Yeah, like, you think at least he'd be like, well, you guys go do that. I'll take care of this thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like would, you know, yeah, the, was... my only complaint, you know, aside from that, was I was hoping we'd see Vader, you know, like when he lands on the planet, would be in his tie fighter, um, yeah, kind of like the same way Moff Gideon showed up in the end of yeah. season one. Like that was so badass when Moff Gideon lands his tie fighter. I was like, holy shit, this this guy's awesome. But I'm, um, but I yeah, what they what they've been doing with with Darth Vader is just. It's so awesome! Like they did such a great job, and I love, um, you know, having Hayden Christensen back, and I and I love that, you know, yeah. when, when he's like, you know, you you know, you didn't kill Anakin, I killed Anakin. I was like, holy shit, man! That was pretty powerful. That was pretty powerful. Yeah. Um.
2: I love that part when Darth Vader shows up and the ship is trying to depart, and he just grabs it with the Force. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, that was awesome. Yep. Um, my I guess another quibble I had was I really thought Qui-Gon was going to show up for much more time than he did. Yeah, me too. I mean... I, it. I, I really thought Qui-Gon was going to appear in several episodes as a Force ghost, or Yoda. Yeah. Because Kenobi and Yoda had quite a connection. And... Uh, Yes, it was cool that he showed up at the end, but it was almost like a joke, like it was almost like a punchline kind of thing. And it was like, oh, I kind of thought we'd
1: see him earlier. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, it was great that that they brought him in. Like, same with uh, Ian McDermott as as uh, the Emperor. Yeah, as the
2: Emperor. I yeah. thought
1: that was you know fantastic. But if yeah, if they do do both a of second those season, are part of what made it, you know, both of those things help make it feel
2: like it it is a bridger between the old and the new
1: yeah and and like I like I was saying when earlier in the episode uh when we were with Kevin there it really did it it felt like they really uh bridged the prequels with the original trilogy um you know like I've, I got vibes from from uh, both of them yep. um uh the little girl who played Leia was incredible yep i I liked her yep and I thought she
2: got the character of Leia and the spirit of Leia down very well. I bought it completely. I didn't really think the kid who played Luke looked like he was going to grow up to become Mark Hamill. But uh, maybe they cast him based on pictures of Mark Hamill as a kid. I don't know.
1: Well, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like... He, he look, also
2: not have that much of a part in it. Yeah.
1: So. But it's it's like what you're saying about Obi Wan, and then also with Baru and Owen, you know, like they they really you know hit a wall uh, in, in the ten years between, yeah. um, and maybe you know, may, you know, life life on tattooing is hard, you know.
2: And I have I have heard that theory. People have pr- pr- proposed that theory that if you live on tattooing for you know, an extended period of time, it, it artificially ages you.
1: And, and I also think maybe that was with what happened to Boba Fett too, because I don't know if you've seen the meme where they show like Bo-Katan yeah. and, um, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, 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 Shan there. Um, yeah. and then like 30 years later, you know, like Boba is yeah. so much older looking than those two. Um, but yeah,
0: yeah, I mean
2: I, ha- he- I have heard that
1: yeah.
0: um I
2: love that there was a little cameo of a clone trooper yes played, played by by Tamura yep uh, I thought that was awesome and i I I have a really strong suspicion we're gonna see Timura playing a a clone or perhaps several clones over the next couple of of episodes like um series that come out mm-hmm I'm, and I, who knows, like, anything could happen, but I feel like the Ahsoka show is going to feature a whole pile of the cast from Rebels, brought, but on the big screen, you know? I'm hoping so. your life? Yep. At the C4 celebration, um, Rosario Dawson came out to the panel, and they had a chopper droid following her around. Yep. And I don't think that was a little prop they whipped up just for for the celebration. I think that's probably because Chopper's going to appear in the show. And if Chopper appears, then it's a pretty good bet that we're going to see the rest of the cast. Yeah. Um, I heard a rumor that the guy who played Aladdin in the live-action Aladdin is going to play Ezra Bridger. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any substance to it, but I heard that rumor and I thought, well... A little bit older than I was picturing, but depending on timelines, that could make perfect sense. I think that'd be a good choice.
1: Well, yeah. It, by the time, because you got to remember, Rebels takes place just before the original Star Wars movie, and yeah, then, and Rebels then, pretty
2: much Rebels pretty much ends where Rogue One begins, right?
1: Yeah. So, um, and
2: well, he goes. He goes like he kind of disappears, and so yeah. When we
1: pick up with him, it could be a decade or two could have passed. Yeah, because the original trilogy kind of takes place over a five-year period. Um, Yeah. And then the Mandalorian is five years after Return of the Jedi. So right there, there's ten years.
2: But the Ahsoka show may not... We don't know when it's going to be set.
1: I'm thinking it's going to be Mandalorian time because... Well, we're assuming it's going to pick up
2: with her going to hunt Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yep. After the events of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian, but we yeah. don't know that for sure. Yeah, no, we don't. And, and, it could, it, and it could also have extensive flashback sequences. Yep. To different times of her life, I have no idea. Like none of I haven't heard. I haven't even heard rumors about that stuff yet.
1: No. But I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I love Rosario Dawson. I think uh, she was perfectly cast as uh, Ahsoka. Oh, I think
2: she was an excellent choice as Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, I'm getting pretty excited for, uh, the Andor show because that trailer sure looked intense.
1: Yep. It Yeah. It, it looks it, like,
2: um, it, it sure looked like it's not really going to be a whole show about just casting Andor. It really looks like it's going to be a show about the darker side of the rebellion in their early days.
1: Yep. Cause yeah, we're going to see that same actress that plays Mon Mothma in, in Rogue yeah. One, And she also was going to be in Revenge of the Sith, but her scene got cut. Um, Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, just the... And another cool thing about that Andor show is we're going to see Coruscant during the Empire era, which I'm pretty excited about because, you know, like, aside from, you know, the end of Return of the Jedi when you see, you know, the celebration on Coruscant and them, you know, in the special edition version... Uh, aside from that, we don't see Coruscant in the, in the original trilogy, no. so you know I'm kind of you know like we saw a little bit of it in Obi Wan, but I mean that's that was during the Clone Wars yeah. era. So yeah,
2: I'm, I think I think it's going to be pretty good. I'm looking forward to that. If I'm not mistaken, that's the next Star Wars show that comes out.
1: Yes, uh, the end of August that comes out.
2: And then after that, it's the Ahsoka show, and then Mandalorian.
1: I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, because like I know,
2: the, I'm pretty sure Mandalorian is early 2023.
1: Yes, I I think it's February 2023. Um, yeah, something. Like that. And I think the Bad Batch has been pushed back as well. I don't. Oh know. yeah,
2: right. I forgot about the Bad Batch season two. They did, yeah. They did announce the date for it.
1: Yeah, I can't remember, but yeah, uh, you know. You know, final thoughts on Obi Wan? Yeah, I, I liked it. You know, like I mean, there was yeah. some issues with 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 writing. Um, There's a few. It has some issues, but but I'm uh, gonna give I'm gonna give it a four out of five. Yeah, I would too. Because I mean, l- I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you know, a lot of Star Wars has some issues. Like I mean, Phantom Menace had some issues. I, I but I still like Phantom Menace. There's still elements I liked. Attack of the Clones, same thing. Yeah. Uh, Re- Return of the Jedi. Like, to be honest with you, like, some of the logic and some of the stuff there, it was like... As, as a kid, it was like, I, I was just, you know, enjoyed the spectacle. Yeah, we didn't care. But yeah. as an adult, it's like, I really don't like Ewoks anymore. <laughs> you know, as a kid, I loved the Ewoks, yeah. but now it's like, yeah. uh, I want to see more of the, the space fight. I, I don't want to see the Ewoks anymore. But anyway. Yeah. It's, these stupid teddy bears are annoying. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. No. I. I'm giving it a four out of five.
2: Excellent. I thought they did an incredible job of making Darth Vader evil and scary and and showing him at you know like how powerful he to, was at that point in the be,
1: timeline. Like I like I mentioned, like when he snapped that kid's neck, I was shocked that they did Ooh, that for on a Disney show. Like, yeah. You know, like I, I, you know, granted the kid's probably twelve or thirteen, but still, it, it was like I was surprised they showed that.
2: That was crazy. Um, you know, I liked I liked all the characters we met. Who you know, all the different rebels. I suppose you could call them. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah, and, the, uh, the Ice Cube's kid. Um, yeah, he, I can't remember what his, what his name is. Uh, it's not Ice Cube Junior, but you know. That that is yeah. his dad, and I, he was excellent. I'm hoping we see more of him in in future. Yeah, uh, he was cool.
0: And well, uh,
2: um, and of course, I thought as a whole, Ewan McGregor did a, a good job of yeah. of continuing to portray Obi Wan. I,
1: I gotta say one more nitpick, real quick. Um, when they were because you mentioned the rebels, when they had that shootout, and like the the storm, like I mean, there's like a hundred stormtroopers. And they're and the rebels are like out in the open and no one's getting hit I was like uh, yeah that was know. a little silly like I know stormtroopers are you know like the joke is they can't hit anything but it's like come on you, you you know like at least have the rebels hiding behind barrels or something like yeah you know that was that was a little too silly but anyway
2: yeah there were there were some inconsistencies and it's also that show is interesting to me because it was not run by Dave Filoni and John Favreau. No, and, and uh, I think they got like a consulting credit or something. <clears throat> like they yeah. were barely involved. And I was kind of surprised at that because I, if I was Disney, after watching what those two have done with the Mandalorian, I'd be like, "Okay, here's the whole franchise, and unlimited money, go do what you want." Yep. Yeah. And Disney is very clearly not doing that. And they're very clearly like still micromanaging them, and you have to do this, and we're giving this to somebody else, and like it's kind of weird. Well, given the success of it, that they're not, they haven't been given the keys to the kingdom yet.
1: One one
0: thing that uh, um, I,
1: I I've heard, and I don't know how true this is, but I, it it got me pretty excited. Apparently, Kevin Feige is going to be doing some sort of Star Wars movie or project.
2: Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. So,
1: and I mean, Kevin. Oh, fun.
2: I did hear, I did hear something about Takeo Ohtiti's Star Wars movie. Is, yeah, is yeah. Takeo Ohtiti being well. postponed or something.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw, I,
2: I saw the headline, but I didn't click on the article.
1: He has a show uh, about pirates. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, about I got gay it was great. I got to watch that show because I I see you know clips of it and I'm like. I think I would like this show. Like he's awesome.
2: Well, he, so it's not it's not his show. He's just in it. He's oh, okay. In it. Oh, he didn't okay.
1: write it or direct it.
2: I think he produced it, but he he attaches his name as producer to basically any project that he likes so that it'll get greenlit. Excellent. Like he attached his name as a producer to the show Res Dogs on on um, Disney.
0: He's not right. in it, he's
2: not involved with it, but he yeah. he said if you put my name on it, you'll get a rubber stamp and they'll they'll let you make this show. And if you don't put my name on it, it'll never get made. Yeah. So he does he does that a lot. But on this show he's he portrays the pirate Blackbeard.
1: Okay. And it's
2: excellent. Um it's a great show. I I loved it. It was a ton of fun. And I went went into it not knowing much about it, so I was able to just enjoy the ride that it takes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of blew up. It was kind of a show that they put out, not really sure what it was going to do, and then it kind of blew up and got really popular, and everyone liked it.
1: What's it called again? I can't remember. Um,
2: Our flag means death. Yeah.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm, that is that is also on my list of a billion things I got to watch. But yeah.
2: Oh yeah, it's great. And. Um, the guy who played Hodor in Game of Thrones
1: is in it. Right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Seeing... He, he's
2: not. A, well, he's part of the main cast, but he's he's not like the story does not center around him.
1: Yeah.
2: But, Excellent. Yeah, like, I was watching it. I'm like, hey, they got Hodor in this thing.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I love Taika Waititi. And yeah, yeah. Getting back to the Star Wars thing. Like, yeah. Kevin Feige, like, you know, I. Oh. If they could get the Russo brothers to do a Star Wars trilogy, I mean, boom, done. Like it would, <laughs> it'd be so good. Even not even a trilogy. Even if they could do a couple movies, you know, and get. Well, the- I'm, I gotta, I gotta say, I'm
2: pretty happy with where Star Wars is at right now, where they're not making any movies that are coming out in the near future, anyways. Yeah. And they're just focusing on the TV because the the television shows have such high production values mm-hmm. and they are able to bring in or cast members from the films. They're just like watching the movies, but in, you know, but there's more of it really. Like, if you think about it, a season of the Mandalorian is what? Six hours of content. And if yep. they made a movie, it would be two, maybe three hours. So, I'm really liking it because the television format especially streaming where there's really no time constraints allows them to just tell more of a story and they have the production values that there's not a difference in quality between the TV show and the movies.
0: Yeah.
2: So I'm sure they will make more movies but I'm perfectly happy if they just keep making TV shows because even both Boba that was the worst one. Well, it was still good.
1: Yeah. Well, the only the yeah. only thing is like
2: it just wasn't it just wasn't as good as the couple that had come before it.
1: Yeah. But um, I mean, eventually, like the movies are gonna be gonna be a thing. Uh, like I agree, I love I love what they're doing for television, but Disney, you know, they're, they, oh, they, sure they they want they want to make money, you know.
0: Well.
2: Yeah, I don't. I think we're we're gonna see a. I think we're gonna see a shift. We've already seen it starting. I I would be very surprised if ten years from now, there's still, movie theaters and big movies and it's still a thing because. Like look, even look at something like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. I believe it set a record for box office on its opening weekend. Yep. But it wasn't even in theaters for like a month, and it was already like being pulled. Like if you can already watch it on Disney Plus for
1: free. Well, I guess you subscribe to yeah. Disney Plus, but oh, like I
2: think so.
0: I, yeah,
1: like I, I I went to click on it because I was like, obviously they're gonna you know you're gonna have to pay to watch it, right? Like it it can't be free yet, and it was free. I was like, w- wow, like you know, like uh, I think I think
2: I think the trend before the pandemic hit, the trend was movie theaters were seeing fewer people attending. Yeah. yeah. And and then the pandemic hit. And then of course, in some cases there were literally no people attending. Yeah. And my understanding of box office numbers that I've been hearing is that it's not, it's not back to where it used to be. And I don't think it ever will be. I think people, have gotten very content to watch content in their own homes and I mean almost everyone I know has a you know compared to what we had as a kid has Mm -hmm. a ginormous TV Yep. and I think you're going to see a shift over the next decade where some theater won't even exist and it'll be you just pay a certain fee it probably won't be 30 bucks it'll probably be like 5 or 10 bucks and you can watch the movie when it comes out at home on your own television. Yeah. I I think it's, I think it's shifting that way. And I think the shift is already well underway. So I would be surprised if, if Disney builds out a plan that lasts 10 years to be putting movies out. I think they're going to be shifting more and more to, uh, content that streams.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, Think that is a strong possibility, especially if, uh, yeah, you know, we get a resurgence in uh, COVID. Well, and that
2: happen, we could get things could get messed up again with this this pandemic. I here in Saskatchewan, it's hard to believe that they don't re, they they don't report COVID numbers, they don't report COVID yeah. deaths, and. You don't have to wear a mask anywhere, even on the bus, like public transit, you don't have to wear a mask. Yeah, same with, same with Alberta. It's pretty much over, like, yeah. It just doesn't seem to be a part of daily life here anyways. Yeah. And I really, even if the cases spike, I just can't see them bringing back restrictions. Yeah. I I just don't see it happening. I think it's done.
1: Oh, fingers crossed. I I hope so.
2: I think the, especially for the conservative governments, they're just like, we're not doing that again ever.
1: Like, yeah.
2: I, I would, I would actually suspect if we had another disease that ran rampant on this, on the scale that COVID did, that we wouldn't shut down, and yeah. that people of our generation would be like, no man, we're not doing that. We did that once. We're not doing that again.
1: Yeah. Um, so quick tangent. Speaking of Saskatchewan, I. I'm now a Rough Riders fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. the th- like, you know, like when cancel culture was, you know, running rampant there, and it still is, uh, my beloved Edmonton Eskimos were canceled. You know, like they, you know, even though they had been a franchise for over 100 years, apparently somewhere along the, you know, for some people, the word Eskimos is offensive nobody yep. nobody I've talked to is offended by it and like I'm part native um, nobody seems to be offended by it but apparently you know because now we live in a society where you know a cer you know a f, you know the the few people are the one instead of voting you know the majority decides it's like a few people that decide what's what's right and what's wrong for the rest of us so anyway, the Edmonton Eskimos had to, you know, they gave into the cancel culture mentality and were like, okay, well, you know, it is offensive, and and we're gonna be, you know, call ourselves something else, and then they changed to the Edmonton Elks, and I mean, it, they've been cursed ever since. Like, like they, they they just suck. Like they are not playing well, and I really lost a lot of respect for the as uh, for the Edmonton football franchise. Because they gave in to cancel culture. Like, I I really think if they would have put it to a vote, you know, like, you know, because now you you can, you know, have a website, you can vote, yeah. you know, everyone vote on it. Like, you know, should we get rid of our name? Should we, you know, should we, or keep it? I think most people would have said keep it. Um, because it's not an offensive term. Like, I don't, un- you know, I don't understand why people think that, you know, the term Eskimos is offensive. I, I don't think that's offensive um so i i just lost all respect for for edmonton's football uh uh club and um i was like you know i've always you know saskatchewan's always been like my second favorite team um so i'm like you know what i'm gonna get behind cheering for the rough riders because i i just can't you know i'm so i'm so fed up with with what they did in edmonton um and so much so that like they won't even talk about, you know, they won't even say the term, the name Eskimos when they talk about them in the past tense. Um, you know, they just refer to them, you know, especially if you're watching the news and stuff, Oh, the, the Edmonton football club, it's like, no, they were the Edmonton Eskimos, you know, back then. like,
2: yeah, you're right. I have heard, I have heard the Edmonton football club and I'm, I'm not sure what that was.
1: Yeah, and it's like why? Why is like first? First of all, like that name, I don't think is racist at all. Um, And and also, the Edmonton uh, Eskimos have always been very uh, inclusive. Like, I mean, you know, some of our greatest stars were from other cultures. You know, for you know for uh, for example, uh, Gizmo Williams, you know, arguably one of the best uh, receivers. for the Edmonton Eskimos Um, and uh, Normie Kwan he was uh, the lieutenant governor of Alberta and you know he was an Edmonton Eskimo Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah and I mean he played back in the 50s Um, so like this idea that you know they're you know some sort of like racist team like that that's not that it never was and the term's not racist so I, I don't know I, w- I just gave up, and um, you know I was like, you know what, I'm gonna just cheer for the Rough Riders, you know. But eventually, someone's gonna be offended by the term Rough Rider, and and uh, you know we'll try and go after that. But I, I I know Rider Nation won't stand for that. Um, but I just I just lost all respect for that at the Edmonton football team. Mm-hmm over this because well, we got to stop giving in to cancel culture like yes certain things do need to change um there are people that should be canceled like you know like the harvey weinsteins of the world the kevin spacey's yeah. of the world you, you know bill cosby you know like i yeah the bill cosby thing really hit me hard because i i oh man so
2: he was he was you know he was america's dad
1: like, yes yeah. And I, and I I love the Cosby Show. He was one celebrity I always wanted to meet. And then, yeah. And all this came out. Um, you know, like obviously the guy's a monster and and should be canceled. But there's yeah. things that shouldn't be canceled, you know. Um. And and you know, as, like I said, as as a person who's you know part native, uh, you know, in in Canada, I'm, I'm called Métis. Um, yeah, because both my grandmas are, are fully native ladies, or they were. They've unfortunately passed away. Oh yeah, and they were, and they were fans of the Edmonton Eskimos. And never once did yep. they say, "Oh, you know that it, I, you know, I feel ashamed that we use that name." No, like they were fans. They were not ashamed of that team. So hmm. we, you know, we really need to just stop jumping on these bandwagons of canceling things because they might offend somebody. We should find out if they actually do offend somebody. And, yeah, yeah. and 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 go with what the majority t- rules, you know, like I don't know. Uh, anyway, I should have I, I should have done a soapbox segment, but so
2: so okay. if the if the Edmonton Elks, as they're now called, stopped sucking and started winning games again, would
1: you become a fan again? No, no, I'm I'm done. Like <laughs> like like as far as I'm I'm concerned, my my team no longer exists.
2: Yeah, they're going.
1: You know. You know, it'd be I don't know. It'd be like if the the Oilers, you know, changed and became well, a different I'll, team.
2: I'll be honest with you, I feel that way about the Stanley Cup.
1: Because it's been so long since the
2: Canadian team won. Yep. Even though like, like Lord Stanley correct me if I'm wrong here, but wasn't Lord Stanley like Canadian? hmm
0: Yep.
2: So I'm just like we should just have our own Canadian league because the Canadian teams, all the good players get traded to the States. As soon as a team here gets good, they never win because all the good players go. Yeah. Watching a bunch of Americans parade around with our trophy just feels kind of weird to me. Well, and I'm like, and they, they, you know, does the trophy even mean anything to them? Like,
1: well the th- the thing that um about that like I I really do think that uh there is there's something afoot here. Um like I really do believe that the NHL like they're they want American teams to win um because that's where the money is, right? Like you well, know, lately like, like,
2: I I understand it's a, you know, it's a much bigger market and I I get it. But it's just, I don't know. It just feels and, weird to me.
1: Yeah, and I agree, it's frustrating. But the only problem with that is, then we would have the CFL NFL situation where, yeah, um, true. You know, I, as much as I love the CFL, like you know, watching the Riders, you know, watch you know in the previous years watching the Eskimos. Um, NFL football is is a lot better because they can afford to to poach, you know, the talent, right. Um, yeah. And then any anyone that really becomes a star up here ends up going to the NFL. And then if they don't make it down there, then they'll come back, like Ricky Ray. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but I and I understand what you're saying about the Stanley Cup. But on on the flip side of that, you know, speaking of the Oilers in in 2006, like when they lost to Carolina in the Stanley Cup final. The truth of the matter is there is actually more Canadians on the Carolina team than on the Edmonton, Edmonton oh, Oilers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Dave. So,
1: techno, you know, like, so, you know.
2: Um, yeah, you're right. Because, you know, the Edmonton Oilers, well, most of those players don't live in Edmonton. and And by don't live in Edmonton, I mean as soon as their contract's up, they don't live in Edmonton anymore. Yeah. You know, they they weren't born in Edmonton. They don't have any connection to it. It's just where they live because that's where they work. And some of them don't even
1: live there. D- depending on the player, like um, like they got uh, an up and coming uh, goalie. Um, yeah. Oh no.
2: Uh, I I, but I meant most of them. Yeah. Team. Most not, of them. Like there, they're, are, they're, there are a few.
1: Like their third and, string know, but, goalie Skinner. He's he's an Edmonton native. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's um, some. But I and he might actually like I I, I don't know he might uh, get more uh action in the coming season um but anyway uh yeah i i I, yeah it's 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 frustrating i just wish there was more canadian teams um
2: well there's that too there's not that many
1: well yeah because like i know quebec city wants to get a team again um but of course they want
2: yeah, The NHL is pretty much like, man, we're not interested in expanding expanding well, in Canada. We're only interested in expanding in the States.
1: Well, they they actually, like, one thing with the NHL is they actually would, but um, people have to have, you have to have certain things set up. Like, for example, like for Winnipeg to get their franchise back, they had to build a new arena. Yeah. Uh, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You want a team, you have to build an arena. And they yeah. did. Like, they, they, they raised the money and they built an arena. They said they would put a team back in Quebec City, uh, but they have to build an arena. But Quebec wants the Canadian government to build it for them. And right, it's like, they... it's like no, you need to raise the funds like they did in Winnipeg. You know? Um, you, you but I mean, Calgary's been having a lot of
2: trouble with the NFL, sorry, the NHL.
1: Yeah. Because
2: they want them to build a new arena, and the city's kind of like, we don't really want to do that mostly because like it costs a lot of money and we'd rather spend that money on things
1: that matter. Well, not just that, but I mean they got every like their arena is yeah. in Stampede Park. So it's you know yeah, like so they don't want to build an rebuild arena all away. The
2: Stampede Park,
1: right? Yeah. Whereas like Edmonton like it actually worked to their benefit because they moved they built their new arena downtown. So it actually yeah. you know was beneficial now, to the, the city of Edmonton.
2: Well it wasn't, it wasn't. I mean
1: I mean not for Northlands, I mean, but for Yeah. Downtown.
2: First off you had for a while you had two facilities competing for events, which was weird. The problem with the downtown arena, the arena itself is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's big, it's beautiful, and I'm not talking about that. But putting it downtown did a bunch of things. Like there's nowhere to park. They didn't build parking for the arena.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So what little parking there was downtown, when there's an event on, it's all taken. Yep. And it's an incredibly hard and expensive to get anywhere to park. Yeah. And what that, that has done is it's meant that other things downtown have suffered, like restaurants. Because the regulars stopped going to the downtown restaurants because they couldn't find parking. Mm-hmm. So now the restaurants are busy when there's an event on and then dead all the rest of the time. Yeah. And um, if you've ever tried to drive through downtown Edmonton when a, a event is about to start or has just ended, it's complete grid wall for like an hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like complete, pardon me, grid lock. It's complete gridlock for like an hour, and you're... Barely moving if you're moving at all.
1: Whereas, yeah, like at Northlands, like you, you'd at have Northlands, that. Northlands was located
2: on major freeways, and it wasn't as big yeah. of an issue.
1: Yeah, like Yellowhead Trails, like right there, like so. I mean, yeah, there's a we, little bit of gridlock, but not as as much.
2: And it had ginormous parking lots to yeah. accommodate everybody. So, moving the arena downtown did give Edmonton's downtown an economic boost, but. They could have done it a lot more intelligently and, and, you know, instead of just boosting the one thing, they could have boosted all of downtown. Yeah. And the reason I'm passionate about this is because Saskatoon is trying very hard. Saskatoon is the city I live in,
0: mm-hmm.
2: is trying very hard to follow Edmonton's lead and build an arena downtown. And we have an excellent arena on the edge of town located between a major freeway and like the intersection of a major freeway and a major highway and it has like, I don't know, acres and acres of parking and it's perfect. Yeah. And want to build a new arena downtown. There's nothing wrong with our existing arena and the location they're proposing is actually fairly close to my home and would no doubt impact my neighborhood probably negatively. Yep. And they're not proposing building any parking or any additional public transit. So we're going to have this huge arena clogging up just north of downtown, basically the space between my neighborhood and downtown. And then when there's an event on, it'll be complete gridlock, nowhere to park. It's just going to be an absolute nightmare. And I really wish that city councilors would like pull their heads out of their asses and go, wait a minute, if we're going to build this thing, we have to make sure that people will use it yeah because what's gonna happen is people will get so frustrated in in Saskatoon about the parking situation they'll drive to Regina and go see the event on the Regina dates instead of seeing it in Saskatoon
0: mm,
2: yeah taking the bus in Saskatoon is like people look down at you like you only take the bus if you're poor nobody takes the bus because they want to and yeah. like. Oh, so everybody talks about how good it was for Edmonton, but, like, no, it fucked up a whole bunch of stuff. Yep. And nobody ever talks about that. And I just wish that they would, because I'm very concerned that my city is going to do the same thing, and my property tax dollars are going to pay for it, and I really object to it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, like, honestly, like, my personal preference. Like, I mean, I love... Rogers Place, like it is a nice facility. Um oh, I mean, I know, love
0: North, are-
1: I love Northlands Coliseum too. Uh, but you know, it was made in an era when pe- there wasn't as many people. Like this yeah. one, this one is way more accommodating for for the modern audience. But as a you know, a guy that lives out of town and doesn't really drive downtown Edmonton a lot, I would I would have loved it if they would have like had it on the outskirts of town to be honest with you, like easier to yeah, get at. To get. Yeah. Um, I mean,
2: all they had to do is you're going to build an arena downtown or just build parking. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we're building an arena that seats 16,000 people, so we need to make sure we create at least 4,000 additional parking spots.
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. As long as, you, or whatever, I'm sure there's a number. That may not be the correct number, but there's probably a formula that, that they can tell you from their statistics at Northlands about how many people drive versus how many people get there by public transit, and they could build the appropriate a number of parking spots. Yeah. yeah, that's But they what, didn't build any, and it's like, oh.
1: Yeah. So and it's that, just a nightmare. Yeah, and that's where Northlands, you know, had the advantage because, I mean, they had lots of parking right there, but they also had, you know, just across the street uh, at the Expo Center. Like, there's tons of parking yeah. there.
2: Yeah, and then, and then there's a third lot. There was an overflow lot, too. Yep, yep, and then you had, like... And they made money off those. It was it yep. was not cheap to park there, so they made money off it. Yep. So, anyways, I, it, it's just a pet peeve of mine. Building a newer building is perfectly fine, and everyone will enjoy the new building, but just make sure that you build it in a sensible way that actually benefits the city.
1: Yep. So, so yeah, like getting back to the NHL stuff. Like, I mean, um, TSN did did a, did the a story on this like years ago. Like, I want to say at least like ten years ago. Um, but like back then, like Hamilton was a good candidate. Toronto is actually a good candidate for a second team uh, because they do have the fan base there. Um, wow!
2: Imagine two teams in one city.
1: Yeah. Wow. Uh, I I think that would be amazing. Like, to be honest it was so
2: bizarre but it could be really cool yeah
1: and, and, and that team would probably be more likely to win Stanley Cup than the Maple Leafs um and then yeah like Quebec City um they they do have a viable like fan base there but they need to build their own arena um and I can't remember where else like they I'd love to see one on the east coast but you know it's just isn't you have the same people.
2: problem on the East Coast as you do here in Saskatchewan. The population yeah. is just not big enough to support things like that,
1: which is crazy. Because I honestly, if Saskatchewan did get an NHL team, I think they could support it just because their Sus- oh. hockey is so big in Saskatchewan. Um, well,
2: and you look at when it like the province of Manitoba has more people than the province of Saskatchewan, but not by very much. Yeah, and. Almost all of them live in Winnipeg. Yep. Yep. So if you had an NHL team in Saskatchewan, it would be the same. You would have the same turnout that you get in Winnipeg.
1: Oh, guaranteed! Like, I mean, just you know, people people drive from every corner of the
2: province to go see a Riders game. It wouldn't be any different if we had an NHL team.
1: Well, and if you've ever watched or been to a a game in, like, a, a Rough Riders game in Edmonton half the fans in Commonwealth Stadium are rider fans uh, yeah. because they do the they do the drive to Commonwealth from Saskatchewan plus you know there's a lot of riders fans in Alberta too um, yeah because a lot of
2: there's also a lot of people who lived in who were born in Saskatchewan and then immigrated to Alberta
1: so yeah like it, it was one of those like I used to love going those were my favorite games to go to because the riders fans are so much fun to you know to yeah. to, to be there with. Um, but yeah, like two weeks ago when they had the the R- riders playing the Elks in Edmonton, um, yeah, like there was just as many people cheering for the the opposing team as for the home team. Like it, you know, it's like Saskatchewan fans would would definitely support it. Um, oh yeah, it's just a matter of convincing the NHL, you know, and and you know, having a, a, a NHL sized arena. But yeah. Well, if I if 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 I ever uh, you know inherit you know a few billion dollars, like I I would definitely do it. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe I, I I could be you know related to some you know Saudi you know prince or something. You know, maybe you know
2: well, you know I get those emails all the time. Yeah, I'm the crown prince of.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe one of those emails will be for real. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um let's play that little we'll call it an episode. Let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. And Ragnar, where can we find you, sir?
2: Well, um my main website is RagnarTheTrader.com. and I'm also active as Ragnar the Trader on Facebook and
1: Instagram. Excellent. And and will you be joining us tomorrow night for for the pop culture pub? I am planning on it, but I got a voice
2: in the back of my head saying I might be double committed. So okay. I will confirm tomorrow. The current the current plan is yes, with a slight chance of no.
1: All right. Um, so f- where you can find me is obviously on this network. But our next episode of the Pop Culture Pub, which will be after this episode on the feed, is uh, our top five fictional rich people. So the our top five fictional rich people. Uh, So that'll be on the next episode of the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. But, this was Geek Fallout Reloaded. My name is Chris Lockhart, and you were listening to me, and you were listening to Ragnar, and you were listening to Kevin Decent as we talked about news and discussion and, you know, football and hockey and... Obi-Wan Kenobi, lots of different things. We went to a lot of places tonight.
2: We we took a couple detours there. We did,
1: yeah. And thank you for listening to us, and thank you to our listeners in Costa Rica and Omen and and, uh, Thailand. Uh, Appreciate you guys listening to us, and girls. Um, And we will see you again in the not-too-distant future.